0: Hey folks! Before we get into the podcast, we wanted to talk to you about Mischief Merch. We have a ton of really cool T-shirts and mugs and pillows and all sorts of things on MischiefMerch.com. We have collections for uh, your. We have a quarantine collection and a vampire collection, and also a Mischief Media collection.
1: And because we love you, our dear, dear listeners, you can save $5 off of anything inside of the Mischief Media Collection when you enter code .pod at checkout. That's right, .pod is now a $5 off coupon <laughs> for you. If you get anything out of the Mischief Media Collection, uh, that could be for any of our podcasts or our Stay Extra t-shirt or mug. So one last time, mischiefmerch.com, code .pod at checkout.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Extraneous
1: Steven Universe Edition, how's everyone doing? Good. Really excited about today's episode, guys. I don't know what your timestamp says when you're looking at this in your podcatcher, but we're just starting and I'm assuming it's going to be a long one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't say that. I feel like we scared them off during the last episode. We were like, oh God, this is going to be the longest episode known to man. Um, It's going to be great. It's going to be so fun. I'm Takia. I'm Leah. And before we get deep into Steven Universe and what are my favorite episodes of this show, (laughs) uh, we want to talk to you about other Mischief Media podcasts. If you go to your podcatcher of choice, which does not feel like a natural thing for me to say, but Leah says it all the time, uh, and type in Mischief Media, you will see that we have a ton of really cool podcasts. Our show's range from all sorts of topics. One of my faves is Nonplussed,
1: which is hosted by our friends Clancy and Josh. And they pick something off of the Disney Plus platform and they break it down and they do research into like how it was made. And then they sort of, you know, give their commentary on it. Um, they've done movies from Bedknobs and Broomsticks to Peter Pan and talking about all that And actually, recently they talked about Hamilton since that's dropped on Disney Plus, the good old Hamill film, and they had a guest with uh, Jillian Pensavale from True Crime Obsessed and the Hamill cast. So, like, if you are all about Hamilton, there's a lot of... Really, really, really great stuff in that episode. So I
0: recommend Nonplussed. And on the other side of watching Disney Plus from your couch, we have the Healthy Geek Academy, uh, where Robin breaks down health and wellness topics in a way that's super easy to understand and digestible and makes me want to go out and work out and do things which I never want to do. So if you are more interested in health and wellness, you should check out Healthy Geek Academy. So yeah, check out those podcasts and more at mischiefmedia.com or again, the easier way is to pull up Spotify, <laughs> which is my fave uh, right now and type in mischief media and pick one that suits your heart's desire.
1: Heart's desire. That's so beautiful. <laughs> now let's talk about Steven Universe. That's my heart's desire. Yeah. I'm, deli- I'm actually, re- like, I I know I'm joking about the runtime of this episode, because who knows, but, like, also, I'm so excited.
0: I am so giddy. Honestly, Leah, I like, after we finish Steven Universe, can we do another episode about these? <laughs> yes. <laughs> about, like, this run of episodes? Let's just, like, do it again later. I'm not opposed. Uh, it's, it's so good. I'm so excited. So, what happens here?
1: Okay, we don't have a lot of time. No, we do have a lot of time. Okay, we don't want to, like, get hung up on this, but... Here's what happens in this section. We learn the truth about Pink and Rose. They're the same person. Ruby Mm -hmm. and Sapphire have a wedding. And at their reception, Yellow and Blue Diamond show up and begin their attack. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Ruby and Sapphire have a wedding because they fall apart once they discover about Pink and Rose. I feel like that's an important point that we're just glossing over. I'm glossing over a lot of stuff right now. (laughs) Sorry, keep
1: going. Garnet comes apart because she's like, what the hell, man? And then Ruby and Sapphire have a wedding to reunite. And at their reception... Yellow and blue show up, they begin their attack, try to awaken the cluster. Everybody fights back, but before they can lose, Steven reveals himself as pink to the diamonds. Wanting their help to heal the corrupted gems, the diamonds admit that they can't do it without white, so everybody returns to homeworld to try to get her to listen. After multiple attempts, Steven convinces the diamonds that it was their unwillingness to listen to pink that drove her away in the first place. It made her miserable and is making them miserable currently. They try to stand up to white, they almost lose, and Steven finally gets through to her at the very end once she sees that he isn't Pink anymore. He's Steven. White realizes her own flaws and the diamonds return to Earth with everyone to finally heal the corrupted gems there. Steven Universe ends. So good. So good. I know we're just starting this podcast. We're going to talk about this a lot. But I, the fact that Steven Universe ends with the healing of all those gems is like something that seems obvious but is so important because that's how it started. They've been trying to save as best they could these corrupted gems for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. That's the main mission. Like yeah. and that that's what happens in the
0: end and I, I love it to death. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've talked about over and over again is how interesting it is to watch a cartoon that actually moves forward like steven actually grows up and so for me familiar is one of those moments where you're just like whoa like looking like remembering how much Mm -hmm. change has actually happened to this group of people over the course of this show and that they've actually like learned and grown grew grow one of those (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> one of those works but it's amazing to see that this is a story that like actually moves forward uh in a way that's uh, emotionally resonant i think a lot of cartoons like again i was i am been watching yeah. avatar Like a lot of cartoons have a story that they're telling but there's something about like the characters themselves having changed like internally that mm-hmm. is really cool about steven universe and honestly i think that that growth uh, that, like, personal growth is one of the big themes, motifs, whatever, of the show. Yeah. That, like, we are all learning and growing and no one's perfect, right? Like, this section of episodes very much dives into how White is trying to keep everything in under her control and flawless and perfect, and, like, that's the diamonds, right? The diamonds... Yeah by nature of being a diamond, want everything to be perfect and flawless, but it can't be because like by getting rid of the flaws, you get rid of what makes things interesting and and beautiful and different And I love I love seeing that play out because I think that it's it's a it's a lesson that we all can learn.
1: I I mean, I agree with all of that. Like you touched on like 12 different things that are all (laughs) really, really important because you are very excited. And so am I Um, actually like in in discussing like what what else we can talk about. Like there is I, I would love to talk about Steven Universe in connection to other animation because you're right. I think. That it's, it's very interesting the way that the characters are allowed to grow. And, like, you reference Avatar and it I, – I think Av- – like, I don't know how far you are, but Avatar does a very good job of, like, letting characters grow. But Avatar is a small timeline. Yeah. And that it takes place, like, during this specific uh, section of events. One of my other favorite cartoons of all time is Gravity Falls – short much shorter show it's only two seasons and it takes place over a summer so the growth that you see in the characters is d- directly connected to this specific story that is being told over this one summer mm-hmm. and avatar is the same thing steven universe in that it has so much episodicness to it. Yeah. it is not just growth for the sake of the story but it is growth for the sake of the characters that then suits the story um and none of those things are bad like i adore gravity falls and avatar is 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 actual like there's there's a lot about avatar that makes me feel like it is pinnacle television but like <laughs> the work of steven is different
0: yeah i would argue and this is like for another podcast but i would argue that more of the characters of steven universe are able to grow and develop than of avatar i mean
1: for for very specific reasons though right yeah. like like i'm i can't this is so this is gonna sound weird we're gonna get i oh, actually i'm gonna stop myself like it's like it's helpless and dissatisfied and I'm just going to rewind and we cannot we can't go down this road because <laughs> it's not a it's not a I know what you're saying and it's not a knock against Avatar. It is no. a, but it's a different it's a different yeah. kind of growth for different y- reasons.
0: Yes, I would agree with that. This is so goddamn off topic and like maybe you'll cut it. I don't know. But I would love to do a dissection of Avatar as like a special episode that because so many people think it's like the pinnacle like perfect and I want to tear it apart just because people say that first of all that's rude <laughs> what if
1: somebody started tearing steven universe to shit how would you feel I would be very sad about it but right alas <laughs> I uh no we have to stop we will we will do an entire <laughs> another episode where we can discuss steven universe in the canon of other shows like I would love to put steven universe with avatar with gravity falls with adventure time with Probably a few other of its contemporaries, like e- even honestly, Korra. If you consider Korra the the, the sort of the yeah. spiritual successor to Avatar and the growth of characters within that, um, I would love to have that conversation. So uh, we will, and we should. Well, I'm we're gonna we're gonna take a hard left turn. What are the, what are the other themes that are, like the big major takeaways of Steven universe <laughs> specifically in this section? What other themes and motifs, um, sort of like the big ones of it.
0: Yeah, we're definitely seeing something about individuality, right? Like Ruby's exploration of what she wants, uh, White forcing her personality onto others, Steven splitting apart, and also the question of is Steven his mother? Is Steven pink? Like, what is Mm -hmm. his identity? And we're doing a lot to show how people are able to stand on their own, I think how they don't just fit into this mold as part of a pair or as part of, you know, what other people think that they are. There's a lot happening here about individuality that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and again, like, I, I think as this is the conclusion of the series, this is stuff we talked about before. But like it is it is so clearly a very, very important part of, of not only this section, but like of of the the sort of final moments of the show um i'd say also it comes up in like the way that white attempts to discuss like what is flaws like those flaws are what create individuality like uh, the sequence in which she takes over or but right before i think it's a sequence where she she knocks out amethyst pearl and garnet and she says look at them they're so flawed and i think she says insecure dependent and obsessed and steven takes time to was like yeah they're flawed but i but that's they use those flaws, they, they they improve despite them and all of that other stuff. Like, it's conversations that we have had throughout the entire run of the show. Um, and at the very end, when it's used against them, Stephen is able to prove that, like, it is important to them
0: and there's definitely so like along with individuality I think goes identity and this is obviously something that we've talked about before obviously Steven Universe is super super gay and there are a lot of moments where the idea of uh, identity come up but it was so prevalent for me on Homeworld every time Steven is like trying to ground himself in who he is and like every time blue or yellow or anyone is like calling him pink and trying to put hit that on him I was just like ah like it's so clear how important it is to like fight for that space that like who you are your whether we're talking about individuality or identity like that came through so clearly to me at the end oh I just love it I really I think I think like that's the one right like that is the biggest thing of all of this for sure All right, talk to me about the anime references. So,
1: uh, I almost said for the last time, but there will be references in future. The anime references this go-round are small, and also because I can't stop talking about things like references, I also want to point out a couple standard cartoon references that are very, very big. The first reference is in What's Your Problem? The final sequence in which Amethyst gives her, like, Big, and we will talk about this sequence because it's so good, her big impassioned speech to Steven. Um, and she ends it by, she points at the sky and she says like, I am the ding, dang sunshine or whatever she says, <laughs> your best friend. And she delivers it to the sky with her finger in the air. That's a very uh, anime tropey thing where a hero will give some sort of speech like that and will inevitably turn away from somebody and give it to the sky. I don't know what else to tell you. That's it's just a thing. Also in that same episode, uh, this is very common in animation in general, but as they are passing out, like, have you seen this, Ruby? flyers, there's a shot in which uh, two people are walking down the boardwalk and they look like Lisa and Sosuke, the mother and son from Ponyo, which is a Studio Ghibli movie. And one of the few that I haven't mentioned yet. (laughs) Speaking of Studio Ghibli, when Stevani is in prison on Homeworld and they uh, sort of lift their head up and look out the little window and you see the expanse um, around them. uh, Visually, it is very similar to a sequence in Castle in the Sky, in which Patsu does the same. And then in Change Your Mind, when Blue grabs Steven and Connie and they go and they go into Yellow's room and she's sitting in her chair, she's got her hands kind of crossed and steepled up in front of her face, uh, visually very similar to uh, the way that Gendo Ikari, the one of the main, I guess, antagonists of Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, is visualized inside of that. And we've said it before, 18 times, Ava is very heavily referenced throughout Steven Universe. Three more small things I want to mention animation-wise, because I think it's interesting and I'm a nerd. One is there is a very large Simpsons reference that I think, at, at least thematically, in the question, we get the sequence of Ruby Rider. And then after the song, Steven's like, I'm so proud of you. And Ruby's like, I miss Sapphire. <laughs> uh, it immediately reminded me of Homer and Apu, which is an older episode of The Simpsons in which uh, Apu is fired from the quickie mart. They sing a fun song and dance about how who needs the quickie mart. And then... Right afterwards, there is a reprise in which Apu is by himself on the roof and he sings Who Needs the Quickie Mart? And he says, I do. It's really sad. And then Homer says, hey, he lied to us through song. I hate when people do that. And I just, it is very Who Needs the Quickie Mart? The Ruby Rider sequence. Nice. In Familiar, the one and only time that Pendleton Ward, the creator of Adventure Time, ever gets a credit on Steven Universe is in this. He worked as a storyboard artist. And you can tell immediately that he did because the pebbles inside of that episode... I can't think of anything other than Adventure Time when I watch them walk around and do the little things. It looks like a pen Ward cartoon. Um, it feels like it. And um, I like that he got to come in there at the end, since Rebecca got like her biggest start on Adventure Time. And then finally, there is guest animation in Change Your Mind, the sequence in which Human Steven and Gem Steven walk back towards each other Ooh. and sort of refuse, uh, was done by James Baxter, who is an animator who has worked on films from Beauty and the Beast and Roger Rabbit huh. to the Prince of Egypt. Like, really great animation. So that's why when you watch that sequence, it's it looks slightly different from anything else. And that is because a really impressive animator got to come in and do a little guest.
0: Yeah. Do you know if it's it's just the, like, dance come together? Or is it, like, from the moment he split? It's about 30 seconds. So it's, okay. it's a little bit before. It's, like, that final. I think it's after he
1: drops that final, like, boom, and he blasts everybody away. And then yeah. they come together. Mm-hmm. It's the walking. I think it's Stephen... It's Connie with human Steven and then Jim Steven kind of walking together through the reunion and the hug. I believe it is that entire sequence. Yeah. And also, if you like Adventure Time, there's a whole episode called James Baxter, and he's a little (laughs) character. And that was animated by and is a reference to the animator himself. Nice. He's a horse on a ball. (laughs) He walks around going, James Baxter. It's great.
0: Cool. All right. So because there's so much to talk about in this episode, we are going to shake things up a little bit and dive into lore now so that we have more time to talk about the episodes themselves and the music and everything else. Mm -hmm. So this is the This feels like the end. Mm -hmm.
1: It's a lot. Like, it's just here's
0: most things you were wondering. Here's how, you know, Homeworld and all of this stuff and all the secrets we had. Here's how it works. So we get explained to us the Diamond Observation Orb um, that was used by Lapis and uh, that we passed in. It could have been great. So we see kind of more information about how that's used exactly and uh, how Pink Diamond used it. I love that. It was it's
1: Chekhov's second floor observation orb. (laughs) Steven's like, what's that? And Garnet's like, you don't need to bother with it or whatever happens in that episode. And then it finally comes back at the end. And I love that. Okay. We finally get Rose's and Pink's story after being told it a million different ways by a million different people. We get what actually happened, so we're going to high-level go over it. After finally being given a colony by her sisters, Pink became bored, waiting for everything to happen on Earth. On Pearl's suggestion, after Pink asks her to imagine how she could possibly walk the earth and not be noticed, Pink goes down to meet the court soldiers in the prime kindergarten, as Rose Quartz, and finds joy in those interactions. Pearl and Pink, disguised as Rose, go and explore more of the earth. The more life that Pink sees, the more she realizes that creating the colony is robbing earth of its life. Mm -hmm. She brings this fact to her sisters, Yellow and Blue, again and again for years, but they don't see that as a reason to stop. They even make the zoo in a twisted way to preserve the earth life that Pink so desperately wants to save. She begins to rebel little by little as Rose Quartz, trying to scare gems off the planet and get the diamonds to give it up. Pink is unable to convince her sisters to leave the earth alone. And she finally reacts to the phrase that they give her, that we see and can't go back. They say, as long as you're in charge, this colony will be completed. That comment is the one that we hear, and that is when she decides to take herself out of the equation completely. She swallows Fink, Pink gem shards, has Pearl transform into Rose, and then has Pearl as Rose poof her Pink form in front of witnesses. Pearl hides Pink's gem while waiting for her to reform, and then Pink forever remains in the form of Rose Quartz. Before enacting this final plan, Pink gives Pearl her very last command to never speak of the incident again and places her hands over her mouth. This explains why Pearl's hands always flew to her mouth whenever they got too close to the topic of Rose and Pink.
0: I don't want to go like too deep into it because I think we'll probably touch on it when we're talking about the episodes themselves. But mm-hmm. just getting the like nature of the hand covering thing is really great. Also, Pearl's aversion to shape-shifting because the last time that she shape-shifted herself was to, you know kill her diamond Mm -hmm. um pearl kind of diving in front of danger to rose and constantly being poofed instead of rose probably comes from trying to hide her true identity pearl's disbelief that rose could hide anything from her is really really clear in this because Mm -hmm. obviously she's holding on to rose's biggest secret and pearl being quote unquote different from most pearls is explained because it like pearl is the reason they come to Earth. Pearl had the, I don't know, innovation, imagination, like, ability to see the possibilities of that, which just blows my mind. Because Pink told her to imagine and never told
1: her to stop. Ugh. Pearl, and, and I think this was purposeful and it will come up very largely in the movie, like, acts like an AI that was allowed to expand beyond his programming, right? Yeah. And, like, not really. Pearl's not a computer program, but uh, that's as close as we can get to what that is.
0: Yeah. Also, Garnet being, quote unquote, the answer is explained uh, because when she sees Ruby and Sapphire fuse, is able to see how gems can have a life bigger and better. And she kind of devotes herself not just to saving the earth, but also bringing gems into her fold and saving them as well, in a way. Mm hmm. The answer—it's how you get
1: the other gems to follow you. It's not just caring about Earth; it's caring about your own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, in this section of episodes, Rose's sword is destroyed, which is like, oh but also kind of nice, to get rid of it. Uh, and Bismuth makes Connie a brand new sword just for her.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pink's ship is revealed to be a set of legs, also left in her trash section in the desert, uh, which I love because they look like pyramids, uh, mm-hmm. except they're like just like knees. <laughs> <laughs> the diamond ships combine uh, sort of like Voltron or Power Rangers. White diamond is the head, yellow and blue are arms, and pink is the legs. Steven's empathy and his ability to dream and mind hop when uh, unconscious
1: uh, manifests for the first time as sort of like an astral mind plane of some sort. We see him floating within it to try to make connections to people. Um, and we also see the sort of strength and range of that is almost unparalleled as he's able to send his consciousness all the way from homeworld back to Earth. At one point,
0: Mm -hmm. we see Steven fuse with the crystal gems while they're still inside their gems. So, like, this is another way fusions can be formed, and it kind of wakes up the uh crystal gem that has been poofed
1: um we see pink's palace and it's got all the little pebbles inside that make everything uh that pink could want for and it's probably the inspiration for rose's room in the temple where she put all this power inside of it and the temple creates what or the room creates whatever she wishes
0: for i love the pebbles so much They're did so you cute. clock do you clock the pebble that stole his phone and yeah <laughs> it's like do we ever see steven's phone again <laughs>
1: Oh my God, oh, I love,
0: I love them. that. Uh, White Pearl was Pink's original pearl uh, taken from her as punishment, and we see that she has a cracked eye.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll learn more about her in future. Mm-hmm. We ta- we discussed eras in the past, but we got the confirmation um, that the ball would mark the beginning of what is era three, um, which means that era two was about 6,000 years long as it began with Pink's shattering, or supposed shattering.
0: yeah this one's really cool, but the statue that is visible outside of the temple is revealed to be the shape of obsidian, the fusion of all four crystal gems. Um, And then finally we
1: get uh, not an explanation, but I guess a visualization of how sort of Stephen as a human gem hybrid works. Steven's a fusion. Stephen is basically a fusion. Uh, gem Stephen on his own appears extremely powerful, um, displays uh, very, very few emotions, um, than, uh, certainly fewer than his human counterpart, and lacks self-restraint. His human half, on the other hand, is weak, especially in comparison to normal Stephen, but has empathy and care uh, when they... From the moment they are separated, they seek to be reunited, and they are basically a fusion. Like, Steven's not, like, a fusion fusion, but he is a fusion. They're two pieces that can't help but need to be together, and they balance each other, and they need each other, and I love it.
0: Yeah, I I really, really love it. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, like, visualization. And also, I get the sense that Steven's two sides are used to compensating for each other, because Steven's human side just gets to be the squishy parts of being a human, right? Like, just gets to be the emotional and kind of weak, but, like, inspirational and human-y guts of a human. Um, (laughs) And Steven's diamond side gets to be just the strength and the raw power of a diamond. And it's really interesting to see those two, kind of almost yin and yang, have to fit together within Steven. I love it going with the theme of doing things a little bit different. Instead of doing a top five, we split this chunk of episodes into three story arcs, which I think you will very clearly get when we start talking Mm -hmm. about them, because this part of the story really does break up into a act one, act two, act three, very clearly. Um, And we're just going to talk about them all because they're all really good, and they are all important, and we love this. I can't imagine... Like, if you
1: told me pick a, your top five i couldn't if you told me leah leave one out i would have a big pr- actually i could pick which one i would leave out but you can't because it's incredibly important what would you leave out just curious <laughs> from a personal point of view i would leave out escapism if only because it feels slow in the middle of everything but it's so important and so necessary we need that moment to slow down and like we need to see steven struggle
0: You're making a face at me like I'm an asshole, but, like, I'm (laughs) not wrong. Sorry. I just realized this is a podcast and I can't just, like, go mute, but I, like, I think that escapism is so weird, but I also love it, and I love the song, Um, and so it just, like, rocks my world, but you (laughs) would leave out escapism. I said if I had to (laughs)
1: pick one to throw out, I would do that one. I don't want to. I like escapism. It's important, but... It would be
0: the one I ripped out because it's the slowdown. That's so funny. I think I would leave out legs from here to Homeworld. No, <laughs> I love it so much. But it's like, eh, like it, like I agree. But it's not that it's necessarily slow. It just like it feels unnecessary. Like if I was going through and I was like pruning for like just to get it into a tight section of episodes, I'd probably cut that one because you can ju- like you can keep following the story without it.
1: I think it's because I like character interaction more than anything. So the fact that we get so much like whack stuff where Steven is just like yelling at these two giant ladies, what's going on? Um, but we're not, we don't have to talk about our exceptions to the rule or our tops because we are just going to go, we're going through all of it. All right, let's start with the first, or uh, the first chunk of these episodes. Uh, the first one we're calling sort of the Revelations arc. This contains Can't Go Back, A Single Pair Rolls, and Now We're Only Falling Apart. So Can't Go Back is Stephen and Lapis uh, having a discussion on the moon. That ends with the dream that Stephen has. A Single pale rose is Stephen confronting Pearl and learning the truth about Rose in pink. And Now We're Only Falling Apart is Garnet coming apart. And then Pearl telling Stephen and Sapphire the story of why Rose did everything she did basically that it wasn't just for kicks but it she she did have a reason for the way that she enacted everything so looking at the revelations section of these episodes
0: i think that this part of the story builds on itself really well so we Mm -hmm. start with the background knowledge that there is this secret right like steven has had a sense that there is more um all the way from like jungle moon like we know that there is something going on here starting with can't go back. We it, it it feels like we're driving towards something and mm-hmm. I love the little tidbits and the pieces that we get about the story around the story that we're experiencing if that makes sense. So like I love that we Lapis isn't really involved in this at all except no. that like she's a great vehicle for uncovering this knowledge right? Like she gives us an excuse to go to the moon. Lapis is a very sympathetic character and I think that there's something about Lapis wanting to uh, see what's happening on Beach City that helps us later down the line empathize more with Rose. So we're laying those like breadcrumbs even as we're uncovering the story.
1: It's one of those things and I think that's really important. I'm glad you brought it up because Lapis like if we left it at lapis is the background for the last six seconds of the episode like that would stink because what she goes through inside of that episode and like that push and pull it does a really good job of of explaining sort of everything her character has gone through up until that point how badly she wants to be a part of everything and how terrified she is at the same time um i also can't get away with this from this episode without bringing up what is maybe the hardest i've laughed in a long time at the very beginning when Ronaldo makes Steven get up and he's like, there's something on the moon. Like I we have to go investigate. And Steven is like, can't you call Nanafa?" And Ronaldo says, not a fourth time. And I was like, I was like, guffawing is the only way to explain how hard I laughed because it was very good. Um, And it was a nice way to surprise an audience is looking for a silly Ronaldo episode and then you actually get back into something that is very emotional um, and story heavy.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been super skeptical of Rose Quartz for quite a few of these episodes and we have been kind of pointing to all of her faults and I think that it's important that we have Lapis as a proxy for Rose because like Lapis, Mm -hmm. honestly, like from the beginning, right? Like Lapis is trapped in a mirror or like in a small confined space by other gems in a fusion in a fusion like there's a lot there's a lot of parallels I think between Pink Diamond and Lapis and I know that I deeply empathize with Lapis and it helps I think to frame Pink Diamond as we start to learn and uncover her story
1: Um, I think what's also great is I we talked last week about how the Steven Universe sort of writers this thing where they're like here are two options for this really weird thing that could could be the truth or whatever and i really appreciate that can't go back rolls right into a single pale rose because at the last like at the last minute this is this is two seconds left on the clock this is this is one snap to go like pick your sports reference i'm not being uh, a sport ball person i actually like (laughs) sports pick your sports (laughs) reference this is what this is where at the last moment pearl becomes the suspect yes We've gone through so much of it was it was rose, it was yellow, it was a different diamond, uh, pink is still alive, it was pearl. Like, this is the very last second to red herring you. We go from that, those final few seconds of seeing the very scary shadows of the wall in the dream into a single pale rose. And we have to get through seven layers of pearl mm-hmm. before we get to the truth. And through up until that last layer, up until that last layer we are still thinking it's Pearl. Yeah. Like, I mean, not necessarily we as an audience. I'm pretty sure everybody at that point was waiting for the revelation that Rose is pink. But, like, they are still working you through these assumptions and that's assumptions that Stephen is dealing with, right? I'm pretty sure Stephen Spence an episode's worth thinking that Pearl is the one that did it yes um and I I really appreciate the Steven Universe writers like carrying it all the way you can't just have this answer yes you have to go through everything with us
0: yes and honestly we the audience are Steven at the beginning of A Single Pale Rose we are just like Mm -hmm. you gotta tell me what's going on here like Steven looks like he's about to shake out of himself (laughs) (laughs) like
1: is just like about to convolve like I can't I can't And a single pale rose is a lot of an episode.
0: I really appreciate the uh, amethyst frame of a single pale rose, like starting with (laughs) the gag about the not really a gag, but like the joke about the phone and her leaving the scene to go get a honestly a single pale rose for me. Uh, plays out a little bit like a a, a piece of theater, right? Because like she leaves stage in order to get the phone, and then comes back in order to emphasize all of the like insanity revelation that has just happened. Like when she comes what? back, her face is like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> like what? What happened? What did I miss?" <laughs> um, Literally, what did I miss? <laughs> and I just I. Think that that's so beautifully well done, and something that you don't necessarily like see a lot. And uh, just like the, the the passage of time through that single character um, is is really great. And then the whole inception of it all.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> there's a lot of jokes in there. And if you if you are a, if you are a patron uh, for, of Mischief Media, you might have seen the bonus content we did where we sort of did a quick commentary track on a single pale rose last week and it's both played for laughs but it's also definitely played for sadness the way that pearl has had to compartmentalize everything that she does like it's the joke like she's like oh i am very good at compartmentalizing and like the top layer pearl being like can't we just stay here where everything is alphabetized <laughs> like it's it's so it's so funny in a moment, but literally with every layer that Steven goes within, you see another section that is just so sad. It's devastating to see, you know, 80s Pearl crying about Rose. That's really sad. And that's still very close to the surface. And it's really scary for Steven to walk through this, these, these war memories where they've lost everybody. And that's still only in the middle. Yeah. We still have to keep going down. Like what was funny two minutes prior is no longer funny. Yeah, Um, yeah. In the way that only Steven Universe universe can do.
0: Yes, absolutely. I have never identified with Pearl more than in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Like me, I'm so good at compartmentalizing. I was just like, woof, why? I had to pause and just like get back into myself. Because, like, that is me. But also, I have never seen a show use a metaphor as well as this one, right? The Mm -hmm. layers of Pearl, exactly what you said, right? Her feelings about Rose, her sorrow of losing her is still so close to the surface. And we've seen that as an audience. How her feelings about Greg, her, you know, the way that she treated Steven a lot of the time in the beginning of this show. We can tell that, like the almost betrayal that she feels towards Rose for leaving her in that way is still so close to the surface. And we then get to take it, you know, a step deeper into things that she's actively repressing. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's a it's a beautifully actualized metaphor. I also really appreciate
1: that that final pearl Steven interacts with with pretty much every Pearl in some way in which that Pearl is is conscious of what he's there to do. Right. And I, I really enjoy that the final layer where we get the like we actively see Rose turn into pink and we actively see Pearl become Rose to follow her and all of that, like getting to watch those things. And then the last thing that happens is that final Pearl hands Steven the phone and she just goes, I'm sorry you had to come all this way to get it back, yeah. I think, is what she says. And I really appreciate that there's no there's no back and forth. This is not Stephen having to ask the Pearl inside Pearl inside Pearl. Like, he doesn't have to ask her for anything. He doesn't really have a back and forth or a conversation with her. There's nowhere else to go. This is the deepest part of Pearl, and all she feels in that moment is sorry for what Stephen has had to go through to get there. And I think that's a really interesting... I think metaphor is incorrect, but I think that's a really interesting way to look at sort of the fact that this this is all that's left, kind of, of Pearl in that moment. Just enough to hand him the phone and apologize.
0: Yeah, I also think it's important that Pearl keeps her promise. Right exactly what you're pointing to with the fact that she doesn't, there isn't a back and forth, she's not talking to Stephen. It's just something that Stephen witnesses and then mm-hmm. comes out and tells everyone else. Like, Pearl does not tell that secret. It is so deep inside of her the entire time until someone else unearths it and then she can tell. But, like, to the end, like, she has to send Stephen so deep inside her psyche in order for him to bear witness to this, not... Yeah. Not to hear it from her. Um, I think that that's important. And honestly, I wonder if that isn't a level of devotion and dedication that goes beyond a, a pearl in their diamond.
1: Sorry if anybody can hear landscaping noises. Is There's nothing I can do about it. New York City. I, I think you have an interesting point in that. So for me, how I feel about that is I think the show is making a point about devotion mm-hmm. while simultaneously... Teaching you what a Pearl is because I think we can look at it both ways. I think sort of in the canon of the story, it is purely her programming because I believe that I believe Pearl's sincerity when she said I when she says I wanted to tell you for so long, but I couldn't. I believe that she fit like and we've seen instances of her trying to tell him where her hands reminded her that she physically cannot. But. But I think that simultaneously the show can make the point of devotion yeah. while also leaning on the rules of the world. Yeah.
0: Well, I also think that there's something to be said about conditioning that like when you keep a secret for six thousand years, it like no matter how hard you want to tell it, it like you are just that's it's not just like programming, that's what you're used to doing is keeping this secret. Yeah. I think it's, it's both
1: a metaphor and it's a rule of a pearl. Honestly, I I think it is physically impossible for her to tell this secret. I think it is also possible for us to look at this as a fucking metaphor for like, like you said, conditioning. And I, I think I feel like I want to do a whole episode. Once we're done with future, I want to talk about Rose Quartz for three hours. <laughs> for three hours, I want to talk about her. Yes, let's do it. Like, I think both of those I think both of those things can be true at the same time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Is that a lag or were you just thinking? That I was just thinking. Sorry. I was <laughs> honestly. No no no, 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 Sorry. I was honestly thinking about whether or not Rose, uh, whether or not Pink Diamond didn't want to be a diamond so much so that, like, it was inevitable that she was going to give up her shape for something else, right? Because, like, we talk about Rose falling in love with Greg and, like, wanting to do something new or interesting with Steven. But I also wonder if it's not that, like, there there's a piece of pink that like just didn't want to exist anymore um but oh, that's a whole other thing
1: yeah let's <laughs> let's mark that let's put that on the outline for the eventual rose pink episode because i would love to discuss that along with her penchant for boredom yeah i would like to discuss both of those both of those are sad but
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry all right we're gonna cut that <laughs> me musing on no. how depressed uh, rose quartz pink diamond was I think it's a a legitimate thing to talk about
1: because it comes up, it's going to come up in 10 episodes. We've only gone through two. Holy God. (laughs) So, but all of that is to say, we come out of a single pale rose to the hilarious auditory reaction of Steve going, Mom was pink diamond. And then Amethyst goes,
0: What? (laughs) And it's very, very, very good. Uh, It's so good. Uh, And then we see everyone finding out and I I think that the reactions are really well suited to the characters that we've come to know that like Amethyst Mm -hmm. is kind of like yep things keep changing (laughs) like (laughs) Amethyst is just kind of like yep that's like that's life nothing I believe in nothing anymore (laughs) and seeing Garnet shaken so much that Ruby and Sapphire come apart I think it's really important for us to spend time with the reactions of Ruby and Sapphire individually Yes, because they're going to experience it differently, right? Like Ruby has a penchant towards anger and and all of that, but Sapphire has this like surety. Like she uh-huh. is used to being able to see the future and knowing things uh for yes. certain. And I I think that that it's it's nice that we get to spend time with shaking that foundation.
1: I agree. I do think it's interesting and and knew to look at the way that Sapphire reacts, because I think that it's safe to say that Sapphire's reaction is like the more intense one. And I think you're right. It's because she's used to having a shorty. She has future vision. She's supposed to be able to see all of this. And she completely missed it. I also think it's the, the this is the interesting part to tie that in to Sapphire's eventual acknowledgement that her movement, her, her reaction was selfish in that moment. Like, she turns all of that into an I statement, right? Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is enough to shake the foundation of a very steady relationship. And this is enough to hurt tons of people. Everybody in Pink's, Rose's path was, is devastated by this information. But Sapphire's reaction is so personal to her that she really has an almost selfish reaction to it. Like, it turns from how could she do this to us into how how could I have made this mistake? And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's new, for a character like Sapphire who we're used to being the calm and above it all one because she has the future vision like we get to see her in sort of the the opposite angle that we typically see this pairing in so I think it's I I do quite like uh negative is the wrong word like not getting a negative view of Sapphire but like getting getting to see the the flaws in her I suppose is is different and neat I think especially as like Pearl kind of like struggles to pull her back to understanding that it wasn't all she was being used and it wasn't all her fault for not seeing like there were reasons for all of this like i i think that i think it works really well
0: Uh, yes yes 100 percent. i also think it's interesting in contrast to keystone motel Mm -hmm. right because that's an instance where it is the anger it is the ruby side that seemingly like brings them apart yeah it's important that we also see in the same way that, like, we, which we're going to talk about in five seconds, but in the same way that, like, Ruby has to go and figure out who she is individually, not as part of Garnet, I think it's important that we, the audience, see exactly what you're talking about, like, the flaws in Sapphire, but also just, like, Sapphire as a single being. Because Uh I don't think that we otherwise get to experience that, right? Like, even in Keystone Motel, she's she spends so much time, like, like, just being, like, cold and 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 cool and waiting it out and like yeah (laughs) sapphire-y that you don't really get who she is
1: yeah and actually like as you say that as you bring up Keystone Motel I feel like it's it's a general it's a general flaw in Sapphire that she like in that one she has a moment where she says I made her think I didn't care because she was too busy being like it's inevitable it'll be fine whatever yeah and she feels as though she was dismissive in regards to Ruby's feelings yeah. which she was and i think this is this is kind of a similar take on that she wasn't being dismissive of ruby's feelings but she was being very laser focused on her own part in what happened yes um yes
0: also yeah. also useful for the audience to know that future vision isn't like uh impervious to i don't know like being single minded like right like if if, yeah. if Sapphire doesn't look, then she can't know. And so it's not like an, I don't know, all seeing, like, y- you know, like it's not unfallible. I-, I think useful for the audience to know, especially like once we get Garnet back. Mm-hmm.
1: Like that's the important bits of this episode. Like not, I mean, <laughs> except the important bit is also the fact that Pearl tells a really long story about like, here's the reason you were the answer for her. And like we talked about it up at the top, but like it's that she saw a reason to make abandoning the earth colony something that was good for gems and like seeing garnet as a person helped pearl who was in the spate of you know imagining because she wasn't told to stop imagining see that fusions were possible with her and pink and to see that maybe love was possible and that garnet's existence wasn't something that was just used but it was a source of inspiration which is a fine line
0: to walk Uh, and rose didn't always do it well but yeah, I think the thing that pink is attracted to on Earth is it's like uh, diversity, for lack of a better word, but like is sure. is how changing and shifting and different the Earth is. And I think Garnet was a way for her to see that like gems also could be something more that they didn't have to stick to exactly the shape that they were created in mm-hmm. and honestly could have that self-governance like that power for themselves right because like we see the kindergartens we see the way uh gems are created and the idea that like you can create a new being without it having to be like orchestrated by the diamonds Mm -hmm. having that level of self-governance i think is really important to rose's vision of what life can be
1: yeah no i think you're absolutely correct And so sort of with that and that episode ending with them coming back and seeing that Ruby has run away, we get to the next arc sort of uh, that we are referring to this and we're calling this the Fallout and Reunions segment. Um, So we have What's Your Problem? uh, in which Amethyst is determined to give Steven help as Steven runs around trying to find Ruby. The question Ruby explores herself and then it ends with a proposal. It's adorable. Maid of Honor, where Steven goes to go get Bismuth. Reunited, that features Garnet's wedding and the diamond fight that ends with the pink reveal and Legs From Here to Homeworld, in which Steven shows blue and yellow the corrupted gems and they travel to Homeworld, which ends in a bit of a cliffhanger and Steven being captured at the end.
0: Yeah. It's not captured. It's like taken taken they all know where he is put in his room grounded i don't know (laughs) Uh, yeah i guess so. so this
1: is this is sort of the the middle arc like again it's dealing with repercussions i think most of this is dealing with repercussions right of what's going on and what's been happening and starting with what's your problem which is a surprise favorite And I forget about it until it starts. And I'm like,
0: oh, right. What a powerhouse, like, couple of run of episodes, though. I agree. What's Your Problem is a surprise favorite. It starts in a way that seems like it's about something else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get to, to... you get to understand Amethyst's perspective. Like you, you can. You sp- We spend a lot of time just like with Amethyst, kind of dragging her feet, joking around. Um, I like the gag where she shrinks herself down, and also it's interesting because I guess the your gem can never get smaller, and yeah. so when she shrinks herself all the way down, she's just like a gem with, ar- with arms. Gem with arms, <laughs> because Amethyst is the more like jokester of the group. You you don't. And you don't expect to see these, like, really big, really wise moments from her. And so Mm -hmm. that, like, juxtaposition of, like, Amethyst throughout this episode, like, still being Amethyst and still, like, being a distraction and, like, going and getting fish stew pizza with literally everything on it and, like, all of these, like, fun, funny moments, but then coming in with this, like, deep wisdom. um, Yeah. as Steven puts it, like being the most grown up or whatever crystal gem. Most mature. The most mature crystal gem. Like it's, it's a really uh, well done kind of like juxtaposition for me.
1: Yeah. I, it reminds me a little bit of the, a couple, like uh, there's been a few episodes where in which Amethyst is kind of like just the chaos. (laughs) And I, I, I think you're right. Like that, that is that juxtaposition where that's what it makes you think is happening. That like, she doesn't care. Like she just let Ruby go and she just let these things happen. And I think, that it's easy to be like, ugh, Amethyst doesn't just doesn't care. But the moment at the end where you're able to rewrite the entire episode, it's like it's not that she doesn't care. I'm pretty sure Ruby will survive, and maybe Ruby's not the most important person right now, and maybe this isn't the most important thing. And like, I I really enjoy it in that Steven spends. The entire episode doing what Stephen thinks is his job, which is fixing everything. Mm-hmm. Stephen has to go get Ruby to bring him back to Sapphire so they can refuse Garnet. Like, Stephen has to make sure that everybody feels Stephen has to comfort Amethyst. Like, Amethyst, how do you feel? Like, all of that stuff. Like, Stephen is being Stephen. And the whole time, Amethyst is trying desperately to get him to just take a minute. And, like, you're right. That final... I... I wrote it down because I think it's really important to hear what she has to say because I love amethyst but the yeah like because the final the the final like button the final push right is the way when he's like Just tell me how you feel. And she's like, do you want to know how I feel? And he's like, I think that I've been pretty clear about that. (laughs) And it's in that that she says, uh, she goes, I feel like I don't want to say what about me. Okay, I don't want to be bent out of shape. I don't want to be stuck in the past. And I'm not responsible for what Rose did. None of us are. Not you, not Pearl, not Garnet. But I am responsible for me, and right now I am not going to dump another one thousand year old complex on you or anybody else. I'm ending it right here. I am the ding dong sunshine future, your friend forever, and I'm not going to fall apart on you. So, Steven, how do you feel? And like, like I could, like you can just, you can just feel, Amethyst. Every, every episode in which we have dealt with Amethyst's insecurities and her immaturity and all of it, like this is. This is like a final puzzle piece where she's like, I'm done. And she's the first gem to say it. She's like, I'm, I'm done with this. We're not dealing with that. We don't have to do this. Like it is so massively impressive to me that like for all of the characters who go through growth and change in the show, I feel like Amethyst is maybe the most (laughs) (laughs) self-aware.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of us have those moments, right? Like I uh, Cause, see it felt like i was watching amethyst just like stand her ground and literally lift the burden of everyone else off of her (laughs) shoulders and just be like nah dog like i i'm responsible for (laughs) me (laughs) not any of the rest of this and like let me focus on steven who probably has it as hard as if not harder than I do
1: or like most of us in that moment like yeah Pearl's been dealing with this for 6,000 years and like Garnet's having a rough time Garnet doesn't exist right now but like also Garnet is also thousands of years old yes like that moment where Amethyst is like can Steven be the fucking kid (laughs) who needs to cry a little bit right now come on guys like the whole when she says I'm not going to fall apart on you like Think of all the other times when, like, the couple of other times that Garnet has fallen apart, the times that Pearl has shut herself off and been, like, a disappointment or whatever, like, taken off out the door because she can't handle it, the the moments when Greg isn't there, not that he doesn't want to be, but, you know, when he just isn't, like, I really feel like, like, Amethyst is like, hang on a second, guys, are we sure that we just need to keep being children in front of the child like yeah i love i love i love it i
0: love it it. it's a great moment on top of a great episode um that has a lot of really fun gags i love when he's in the plane and is like i'm in your let me in your head steven get out of my head steven get out of my head (laughs) i i love that Uh, yeah i i'm really really glad to see amethyst grow up me too me too and that leads into
1: the question which is the next episode which is such a great little bottle (laughs) it's really just like (laughs) ruby running around doing ruby things and then proposing like that's that's the whole episode but it's
0: so cute so cute i also love i think that this happens at the beginning of what's your problem but when sapphire is like sobbing and she's like i don't know why would she be a cowboy (laughs) that is such a great
1: what a great payoff why would she be a cowboy it's like she read a comic book and now she's a cowboy it happens
0: um, for me, the question obviously starts at the at the end of "What's Your Problem," right? Like, once we see Ruby, that's where that going off to the Wild West or whatever really kicks off. I love that Ruby goes to Greg to like Same. chill and talk. There's something really nice about that, yeah. and also I think that it references this joke of like the Wild West as being like this this like desolate place where people are like you know, rugged individualists. I think that it makes a really great joke of that with Ruby going there to find herself. It's just a cute episode. It's like, it's it's so fun. Uh, Ruby Rider, which we will talk about later, is like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, this is just like a really fun bottle episode, like you were saying. Yeah.
1: When you mentioned Greg, I think that's one of my favorite things. And then sort of the follow-up on it is Ruby's. I think that there's like the perennial joke that perennial, I mean, it's just in the show, but that the Rubies are kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. So it's really neat to see her her moment of just like, yeah, I talked to Greg, we ate some pizza, I think I get it now. And yeah. it's surprising, right? It is surprising from not just our ruby, but any ruby, like based on what we've seen of the rubies in the past. So like this moment where she's not furious, she just needs a little bit of time, like that Greg was able to like give her a yeah, I know people who have had secrets and this hurts. And that doesn't negate the time you were as Garnet. and. Like I mentioned it with the Simpsons reference, but like I kind of love that she does all this soul searching. That is like I miss Sapphire. Like the whole, what sort of adventurous life is worth living if you're not living with the person that you want to to explore it with? Like
0: <laughs> that's so beautiful. Uh, I love them. I can't say it enough. This might be the last time I get to say it. I love Ruby and Sapphire. Garnet is also my favorite couple. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite couple. <laughs> my god but yeah i i agree with everything that you're saying the moment of self-reflection for ruby is so important and it's so nice to see because yeah there is the ongoing joke of ruby's being kind of dumb and just brutish um and so to see her have that moment of like clarity and like come back and like understand that she's making the choice like they individually are able to make the choice to be together as garnet not just something that like happened to them it feels mm-hmm. a little it's a vow renewal right it absolutely is like they got they got together as kids maybe like they've grown and changed <laughs> over the last 6000 years uh they you know fell apart for a little while and now they're coming back together it's uh, it's
1: beautiful it is it is beautiful also horse amethyst is a she's funny as a horse but yeah, it ends with the uh, Ruby proposing because she starting in a comic. <laughs> um, ends with the proposal um, and then leads straight into Maid of Honor as they start planning the wedding. I think Maid of Honor easily could have been the episode that's an excuse to get Bismuth to be part of the finale.
0: <laughs> that's the whole point.
1: Right? <laughs> Here's the thing. It doesn't fall into that trap. It could have very easily. And I don't think it does. And I think it's because... The episode allows Bismuth to make most of her own decisions. Steven doesn't get to force her into this light. Like, because, like, she takes off again. She runs away and all that. Like, we see her popping bubbles and we see her, like, doing all this stuff. Bismuth's individuality inside of the episode, I think, negates what could have been convenience on the part of the show.
0: Yeah, she, ha- she has a lot of agency. I also think that we... Spend enough time, honestly, with Garnet at the end that it like you get. It's not just uh this like contrived notion to get Bismuth involved because like we do have a goal of this episode and we do get to experience that payoff. And so I think that that also helps to kind of combat some of the like it's just to throw Bismuth back into the mix. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because like I think it's what like Bismuth can't be left out of this. There's no way. Like she's not a corrupted gem. She's the sentient, okay, gem. Like sentient's the wrong word, but like, you know, um, I really like the way it's done. I liked sort of the tenseness of seeing Stephen write her name on the place card because it it's scary there for a minute. You see him write it, and you're like, oh god, oh no, this isn't gonna go well. And then like <laughs> having the discussion, and I love, I love Bismuth telling Stephen that he's the leader. Yeah, and she was like, Garnets our leader. And Bismuth's like, no, but where, but where is Garnet? Ugh. And why are you here? And that like, it also sh- it shows a level of cleverness too to Bismuth that she so quickly can see, like the not the not just the the truth of the situation, but also like the flaws in Stephen's plan. Like he's the leader, but also he was not thinking. You just pop Bismuth out of nowhere. They might attack her, and fear for Stephen's safety. But like, she's the one that's like, ah, uh, no, I think you're not thinking this through. Like I love. I love all that. I like that it also helps that Bismuth learning about the gems being corrupted and, and, and such helps her calm down and understand that not everything Rose did was terrible, like she yeah. was trying to help, mm-hmm. in in a way, like help her her fallen comrades, in a sense. I mean, and again, like this is just Stephen Goes Gets Bismuth, end of episode, but like I think it's done so well. I quite like Bismuth as a character, so I really, I'm glad that we get her back before the end.
0: Yes. And her cool armor, mm-hmm. which makes its appearance in Reunited, which is another... Uh, I feel like we play with a lot of different things in this episode. I'm in it for the wedding, first of all. Uh, we will talk about the song later, uh, but I love the song. Mm-hmm. And I love all of their outfits. I'm sorry, stop at the outfits. Ruby... In fact that Ruby is in the little strapless white
1: dress. Yes. And that Sapphire is the one in the tuxedo yep. when she's usually, oh my God, I
0: just get through, I can't handle it. It's so good. Yeah. Like, uh, we we're just we we yeah, we play with expectations here. Mm-hmm. Um I love their their personal vows when Sapphire like goes on this like metaphysical, like everything about the future, and then just is like what I'm trying to say is you change my life. Uh it like makes me misty.
1: Oh, it's so good. Also, uh, ah, not in also, no, it's just so good. And I like that they invited the whole town. Yeah, <laughs> everybody they did. gets to come. It's all their friends. So everybody gets to watch it. We refuses garnet. There's a great reception, and then the diamonds crash in. <laughs> like, whoops. This episode was so focused on the what like the past. Two episodes were focused on this being a big wedding episode. And so the show is able to surprise us, even though it's like we're getting close to the end. Something big has to happen. But like, surprise, here's a 22 minute episode um, that we tricked you was going to be all the wedding. And actually, it's also a huge confrontation. And I really, I really always appreciate the moments where Steven Universe like pulls one out on all of us and they sure as
0: heck did. And the confrontation is just like, it's a huge battle. It's a huge battle to be kind of, like, stuck at the end of this episode.
1: I like that, like, everybody gets involved. I also, okay, so, like, here's here's one of the little things that I'll mention about this song. Inside of the song, one of the last things Steven sings about is the cluster. And you're like, why are you talking about the cluster? And to then the diamonds us. show up. It's it's a pure, that song purely reminds you that the cluster exists. So that in a second, because we're going to reveal it. And I'm like, aw, you sneaky devils. Um, I love watching... Steven communicate with the cluster and it's like panicked and it's like it's okay everybody stay calm and he's like wait you guys are good and then the cluster (laughs) comes out and is like we got this boy we've been living together and having conversations with each other like (sighs) the cluster is like all self-sufficient at this point and then it comes out to like arm wrestle yellow ship I love (laughs) That Steven told Lapis and can't go back. Like, you could just put the barn on the beach and then we could be neighbors. And then Lapis shows up and drops the barn on the beach on top of Blue
0: Diamond. Yeah, there are all of these like really great like tendrils, I guess, that we're pulling in and like tying Mm -hmm. together. That's I mean, that's a lot of the, the end of this run is just like things that have been mentioned, things that are uh maybe gags from past even universe episodes just like coming together and being tied up in a beautiful bow and man do i love good storytelling
1: yeah it does feel like a lot of bow tying like you're right this episode finishes a lot of stuff it's also like this is the episode where like rose's sword gets shattered so like that's the end that's kind of the last other than the fact that steven has her gem but if you consider the gem to be pink so that shield isn't roses it's pink shield you can kind of consider Rose's sword being shattered, kind of the last vestige of Rose being shaken off, which I think is neat. And I think the, ba- the battle amongst all of them is so cool. Um, it's so intense. The fact that it's so hard to take out the diamonds and that, again, because this is Steven Universe... It is Steven talking to these giant beings and connecting with them and making them understand that makes them stop. They were not, the Crystal Gems were not going to win this fight. This was, the diamonds were going to blow Earth out the sky. So it's not until Steven is able to like go through and make connections and fight past Blue's sadness and fight past Yellow's anger and guilt. And he has Mm -hmm. to make it through all of that to show that he's still there or that Pink is in some way still there. Like it is,
0: yeah. I can see you. She just chef kissed. It's pure Steven Universe. It is. It is. Can we talk about the art of that sequence where he's going through, like jumping across each of the crystal gems and swimming through the auras of blue and yellow? Just like that art is. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. I don't even know what to say about it to a a degree. Like it is so stunning and i think that it really helps to emphasize the importance and like the difference of this moment right like this could be a non issue honestly it's that steven so often does this thing that is unheard of in action that he like connects with people right like he mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't actually fight his uh enemies he like makes friends of them it could really easily be anticlimactic, right? That he's just like mind melding with the diamonds to convince to convince them to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it plays out in this like gorgeous way that like interrupts the action, that slows it down for us, that like emphasizes the importance of connecting. It, it, it's, it's so, so well done. So as mm-hmm. to make this as important as a big blowout, f- blow up fight.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And I, I, a lot of, this is kind of the first time I've thought of it this way, but the way that you mentioned it, like, how it could be anticlimactic and all of that, like, this is how we took care of the cluster. It's how we got paired on, on our side. It is eventually how we're going to def- take down White Diamond finally. Uh-huh. It, it's kind of the opposite of, like, the Superman effect inside of, like, a Justice League cartoon, right? Like, inside of, say you watch an episode of Justice League. Uh-huh. We have to get rid of Superman for most of the episodes somehow. <laughs> or else the bad guy's down in one punch. Like there's no, there's no it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. That's why you take Superman out and you have him on another planet doing something off-world. You have you have a kryptonite accident off screen. Like he's he has some he has a due date at the daily profit almost came out of my mouth. <laughs> and then and then i went to say bugle and i was like son of a at the daily planet like there's a reason that superman isn't there and that's because when he does show up at the very end once all hope is lost it's it's one punch and they're down steven universe has these big battles and there's no way for a character as small as steven or like even though the gems have power there's no way for them to defeat these things doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how long you fight right and instead of like Leaving Superman off screen to bring him on screen to take out the final punch. It's we have to try that all the big punches happen first and they're not going to work. So, and that's when we bring in Steven's empathy, his greatest power, the show's greatest power, their man of steel, is Steven's empathy and his ability to love and connect and all of that. Like, that's what we bring in at the end. And that's Literally, why,
0: like, Deus Ex Machina is like, yeah, being nice to people. <laughs> 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 oh my god! I'm laughing so hard I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> can you believe? God, I this show is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> uh, it is. It is ridiculous. God bless.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's it's such a beautiful moment. I love it. And of course,
1: it ends with pink, uh, not pink, it ends with yellow and blue, realizing that Steven has pink's diamond and like maybe is pink diamond, they're unsure. But that's what it en- ends with. And then likes from here to Homeworld wraps up everything on Earth, basically. Steven talks to them and tries to explain what happened and they visit corrupted gems and then they they travel off Homeworld in one of the more hilarious ways you could ever imagine. <laughs> Just a hop, skip and a jump. It's funny. Legs from Here to Homeworld, like, is a weird one because it it feels like such a transitional episode between the two sections. But the moment, because I have feelings about Centipedal, the moment where they try to get her back and it's, like, small heel, like, she gets the smaller and can't talk, and then she gets the small and, like, her mind is still fractured, where she starts repeating what sounds like maybe her final words before the corruption light hit her, where she's like, no, no, please, no, like... And Steven's able to, like, heal her anxiety, it's like it's, it was like her mind was broken in that moment like she yeah. kept reliving it and like so steven yeah so you're right like heal that anxiety or like, bring like her PTSD back.
0: like like basically she is clearly having a mental health crisis mm-hmm. at that point point. and steven's just like lick hand on the back let me heal you with my power of empathy <laughs> it's so sad it's like uh it just really it bums me out too
1: and then like of course. It doesn't work. They take it off. And Steven, I, I really appreciate Steven, like who we just said was empathic and loving and all of these other things, looking up at these two giant women and be like, no, you fix them. You don't have a choice. We can't just write them off. Get back here and fix them. Like, I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I love when Blue and Yellow is like, what do you expect me to do? Hold her together forever. And Steven's like, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah fix what you broke yeah like you don't have an excuse anymore and i appreciate that steven fights so hard and he's not scared of these two like monolithic space creatures with a ton of power like they could squish him Mm -hmm. they could definitely squish steven universe like that's the end of the show how did steven universe end um, The two big ones, they smushed him. <laughs> they just they stepped on him? They stepped on him. <laughs> he, didn't get, he didn't get that bubble up in time. He's gone. <laughs> Steven died, and then the earth
0: exploded. <laughs> so I agree that Legs from Here to Homeworld is a great, like, kind of transition-y episode um, to the final arc, which we are calling Battle on Homeworld. So it starts with Familiar where Steven meets with yellow and blue and plants the ball and is starting to recover more memories of Pink Diamond. Uh, then Together Alone, where the ball happens and it ends with Steven and Connie fusing into Stevani and kind of chaos and Stevani ending up in prison. Then Escapism, where Steven's mind flies to earth to call for help. And again, another you know instance of the watermelons, which I don't Surprise. even- <laughs> this is this one was this was the watermelon moment where i was like what (laughs) (laughs) i was just like i'm sorry are you telling me (laughs) that watermelon stevens are this important yep uh and then finally change your mind where blue lets steven and connie out they get yellow and blue on their side earth's reserve crystal gems show up and they they fight white part one and all the crystal gem fusions are revealed they enter white's head and manage to change her mind and then the diamonds return to earth to heal all the corrupted gems which is beautiful
1: it is beautiful they're
0: all they have a pool party they do have a pool party
1: (laughs) i love it so much i love it we're gonna get there i just like in my head it's white's uncomfy face she's (laughs) like is this is this Do I have to play with the common folk? (laughs) (laughs) Her awkward smile is so good in that section. But okay, getting ahead of ourselves. Starting with familiar. I like the episodes in which other characters show how much knowledge they have that steven simply does not there is something in the way that pearl the way that pearl walks steven around like when he goes to visit yellow and when he goes to visit blue and like pearl explaining it's like oh this is what pink used to do this is her room this is how we do this yes the walls talk like (laughs) this is all very alien and very strange and like i there's something in the implicit reminder that per our pearl at least had a life here before all of this Mm -hmm. that i is it makes viewing all of these very alien things. um, It helps viewing all of these alien things, I guess is what I was trying to get at.
0: Yeah. And it also, they're really well fleshed out characters. And so I feel like Steven Universe does not uh, skip a chance to let us know that there's more history and more, more meat behind each of these characters than perhaps gets to be played out at any one time in the story. And I I think that that's what's showing up when Pearl so easily and, like, uh, just, like, when Pearl so easily falls back into some of the customs of Homeworld and, Mm -hmm. like, all of the knowledge that she has of how things work. um, It's just that, like, we are meant to understand that, like, what we are seeing of Pearl is just kind of scratching the surface. Yeah. Though, I mean, I guess going a little bit deeper than the surface.
1: Hey. The other things that are interesting, like, I, I really appreciate world building. I'm definitely in fantasy and sci-fi, like, I tend to be a character person over a world person, but I really appreciate the world building, like, just little things. We never go into it, but, like, that whole bit with with Yellow in the sauna, she's doing an extraction thing, like, and there is an implication later that it is, like, the very essence off of the diamonds is what helps create life. Like, the pebbles come from, like, the sweat,
0: almost the that tears. they give off. the tears and sweat. And I guess like all of their, I mean, maybe that's why, cause right. Like we see that humans, uh, humans, we see Steven makes the watermelons through spit. We see yellow, just like sweating to create a, I guess like that of the stuff to create life. Um, I think we see someone else create life out of tears. Like maybe it's just like all of their bodily fluids <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> make uh, gems or make uh bring bring uh earth to life
1: it is really interesting and i kind of appreciate the fact that like it's just
0: color does that make sense color as in like additive like it doesn't
1: yeah we don't. We don't stop. Pearl does not explain. She's like, I'm taking you here, and you're wearing your swimsuit. You're gonna need it. I'm taking you here, and you'll still need your swimsuit, and you're gonna need it. And here's a crayon drawing or gem crayon drawing that Pink Diamond did that shows a sweat. And here are these pebbles. Like we're just gonna do it. We are throwing you in. This is how this world works, and we don't need to stop and spend time in it. And that's great. It's Steven. Steven makes a
0: pebble from crying on the chair.
1: What gets me is that like all of this huge, wide alien things that are going on around Steven as he's like you know, in this palace of sorts and encountering all these things. The point of the episode, right, in the title, in the title track, in, like, the way that it ends, the familiarness isn't yeah. his memories. It's not It's not all this stuff that he's learning and it's not his memories of Pink activating. It is that he understands... The dynamic. The dynamic that exists when... I, what, like, is it in this episode or the next one where he says, like, I remember, remember when I was young and and naive and annoying like i think is what he says and he's he under he understands being left out and being left behind and being not taken seriously yeah
0: but also that they would create space for him right like that's i think that that's like our big takeaway is that he was they were out on missions and he was the kid who couldn't go but they would stop their lives in order to uh make space for him in order to to be there for him in some way and that is like a similar dynamic that pink had among the diamonds that like when she creates a ball they all want to come like they are they they interrupt their lives to to somehow bask in the joy of pink diamond and i think that that's Mm -hmm. that's very similar to the way that the crystal gems are willing to put down and interrupt their lives in order to like hang out with Steven
1: the diamonds you know together breakfast is sitting in this pool yes! and while pink is under the water singing and they all try to guess her song like that's it,
0: yes! it's exactly the same thing yes oh that reminded me so like those episodes reminded me a lot of like cheeseburger backpack and together breakfast like i was just like mm-hmm. there and then
1: uh i do love the sort of final cinderella's mice putting on her outfit moment and steven running around in pink's little adorable like i don't know I don't know quite so I saw somebody online call it um as if pink is almost the court jester of the diamond palace uh, oh. I, think, I think she's I think she's definitely not that I think she has more power right but like she's got the roundish costume and they look to her for the parties and the entertainment and
0: yeah there is something to the outfit being kind of jester like because it's 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 not only like round, it also has kind of like the different shades of pink in like mm-hmm. a a little bit of like a the diamond pattern. it mm-hmm. like that reminds me a lot of like a court duster. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's neat, right? uh so familiar ends with the with the idea to throw a ball because pink used to throw these balls and white would come so if we're gonna talk to white um because uh, we kind of skimmed over this but we technically first meet white and how scary she is at the end of from legs from here to home world and she gave steven two and a half words and then she was like bye pink and threw him in the room so if they want to talk to white we have to get her to sit down for a second and per the other diamonds she hasn't left her head since pink shattering
0: I love all of the language about White being like stuck in her head.
1: Yep. I'm like, we could just, we're going to keep going with that, especially in Change Your Mind. Um, So Stephen decides that throwing a ball is exactly what it is. And so we get together alone, which is the episode in which we plan and have the ball and everything goes like the best Stephen Lay plans to shit.
0: What I love about this is that usually I think that most of Stephen's plans fall apart because Stephen can't do anything but be Stephen. Mm hmm. You know, and that's that's where we bump against the edges of something that needs to go a specific way. And that's and that's where a lot of the solutions come from as well. But it's just so Stepheny the way that he, you know, wants to joke around with Amethyst in the Extenders, the way that he is disappointed when white like all of the emotions that he works through in this ball. It's just like so steven and that's what takes things off the rails right dancing mm-hmm. with connie and creating stevani because they're just like accidentally like having, having fun a good time. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> one of the things i noticed um sort of on this rewatch was that knowing that the ball ends in disaster right and knowing that white doesn't show up and all that stuff i was kind of like watching like steven get bored it was was kind of one of the things i was doing mm-hmm. and one of the things almost immediately That I noticed was like when Connie hops up and sits with him in that throne Uh was one of the first moments where I was like, oh, no wonder this is going to go so poorly. Because like (laughs) in what in what palace does the pet of the royal get to sit on the throne of them? Like the pearl is off to the side at Ruby. Garnet defusing. I love that Ruby and Sapphire just did it, even though she didn't want to. Like Garnet did not want to, but they did it anyways. I love that we don't hear
0: from them that they don't speak as an individual, as individuals. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really, really like that. Ooh,
1: I didn't notice that. And now I really like that too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very, very good that they're there as support and that's it. Um, But like, it's that moment where it was really, for me, it was the moment where Connie hopped up on the throne and I was like, the optics of this coming from like, if you read any like snooty Royal, imagine like the parents of the prince <laughs> or the princess coming in and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> We are going to entertain court later. What are you doing? Like, and, and then like, you're right. I uh, 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 I love Steven Universe.
0: <laughs> how, how boring the ball is. Also, the uh, dance sequence where they're literally cogs and like they are literally fit together and and dancing around each other as cogs. Amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so neat. And then of course like st- the Stevani fusion happens and everybody freaks out, and so Ruby and Sapphire fuse back together to form Garnet to prove that whatever, and then Pearl and uh, Amethyst are like, hell yeah, us too. And then those two little jades yeah. are like, we knew it couldn't only be us, and I was like, This is exactly what we were talking about. It's exactly why Homeworld is afraid of fusions. It's exactly why anybody is afraid of anything different in this world. It's exactly why people react with fear is because they're afraid that the second that you show show somebody that there is another way that other people exist, that there are different types of people, is that you'll be an influence on them. And hey, guess what? They are.
0: Yeah. Because freedom and self-expression and like standing in your truth and like living your identity is contagious. It is contagious. It is everywhere. Yeah. It comes out and it's, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. The two, these two little James
1: who <laughs> have lived on homeworld their whole lives. Don't even think for a second about the fact that this could end poorly because they are so delighted that someone else is like them. It is such a. And, like, it ends three seconds later, but it is such a moment of joy yeah. right before everything falls apart, and it is so great to see. And it really just made me, like, turn, Like, I just, like, <laughs> I had a real reaction to it. And, of
0: course, everything does, in fact, fall apart.
1: <laughs> everything falls apart. Chaos. Oh, well, except for, actually, I will say, Stav- I mean, they can't poof Stevani, so.
0: What would have happened? I am, I am. Oh, I imagine that they didn't... Uh, try to separate or poof or whatever because they didn't want to hurt pink. What do you think would have happened if they had actually like well the the
1: destabilizer it was like a destabilizer shock, right yeah. Is kind of what was sent out. I mean we see we see that, that does not work on Steven because his form is too physical and the same goes with Connie and then from what we learn in future. I, it, it simply would not work. I think eventually it could affect the gem because we see a little bit of that in the movie, but with a completely different type of weapon. Mm-hmm. But like, if it doesn't affect Steven, it couldn't affect. Simani. Maybe it could have made them. Maybe it could have made them unfuse. Like if 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 Yellow shot them with this destabilizer.
0: Yeah, long I mean, enough. I feel like I feel like for fusions, you give them a good startle and they'll unfuse, right? Like mm-hmm. for depending on how stable and like how. I guess strong the relationship is how, how often they have fused. Um, I like I feel like you give them a good sh- like surprise or like there are so many yeah. times where it seems that Stefani just like falls and tumbles out of uh, being <laughs> fused.
1: I feel like I feel like that often is a always hilarious to look at and and B is like sort of them being younger and stuff like that, but like. If you assume that a destabilizer works in the sense that it it disrupts that that projection of light and, and, and whatnot that becomes the gem form, then I guess it could have defused them because we do see st- like when Steven and Connie fuse, there is that moment of light to help them change. But like, it's so weird the way that like Steven's bones do its thing that like, I don't I don't actively know how that would work out. How does Connie not get hurt in this deal? I, don't, I can't actually discuss that. I that my now my brain hurts.
0: All right, all right. So then Stevani's in prison and we kind of go into escapism.
1: I feel bad earlier for saying if I had to pick (laughs) one, I would throw it out because it really is such a cool episode, especially how like so much of it has no words.
0: Yeah, even when he gets to Beach City, which I think is really interesting, Mm -hmm. um, that it's still pretty muted and like like they, you can almost hear them talking, um, but it's like, still pretty silent uh so we get the watermelons again which like every time i'm just like what about the watermelon Stephen? like it, did that watermelon steven have a have a like soul before before or consciousness before steven arrived
1: oh. <laughs> Uh steven has definitely doomed at least three at least two watermelons <laughs> at this point he has he has steven has purposefully not purposefully. Steven is personally responsible for the demise of two
0: watermelons. Yeah. This one gets like real messed up. <laughs> yeah. But I I think that there's something nice about the silent movie element of it. Because yeah. you have to express things bigger and through different ways than you would when you're just talking. Honestly, it's a way to extend this moment. Because, like, if Steven just arrived at Beach City, like, asked Steven and was like, yo, come help. That's, you know, five minutes. That's not an episode. Um, And I think that it's a really clever way to extend this and to remind us of the life that Steven created. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the gems, like, the diamonds are, you know, responsible for making all of these gems and uh, we see like the pebbles and all of these beings that the diamonds have, I guess, created through their whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I think it's nice to be reminded of this like whole like freaking community of watermelons. <laughs> two two tribes it looks like, and yeah. warring
1: yeah. at that. Two
0: warring tribes of they, watermelons. It always reminds. I think I've said this on the earlier episode, but it always reminds me of the Sneeches. This is one hundred percent the Sneeches, yeah, right? Yeah, Star-bellied Sneeches. They literally have stars in their bellies. <laughs> Half the tribe.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's wild. I think you're right. I think it does serve as a reminder that like this is this is life that technically Stephen created. Um, I also like your point about how it it forces us to take time. And I think the slowdown before, like the the forty five minute, you know, finale that is that is on its heels, like is necessary to like sort of get us all. It, it's like that. It's like the final prep to get to to where we're going. So, um, I I like the slowdown in terms of like an audience member watching it. And I also think that the amount of work that Steven has to do in this episode is impressive. Like... Not uh, He sends his consciousness across the galaxy for the first time ever. He just kind of does it and Steven figures it out. But like he works so hard on wa- on like Mask Island alongside the watermelons trying to get off of the island and trying to communicate with them and, mm-hmm. and trying to get stuff done. And then you like he Moana's his way across the ocean poorly. <laughs> and then like <laughs> just like Moana does <laughs> like uh, a shark almost eats him like he literally uh, I saw this pointed out somewhere. He literally loses an arm and a leg. Yes. It cost, it
0: cost him an arm and a leg. Can we, for a moment, stop and talk about the shark? <laughs> <laughs> because, first of all, yeah. it's the watermelon shark. Second of all, it rips his entire boat situation apart. And third, the way he stops it from killing him is by, like, I don't know, like, mind melding with it, showing it compassion and love in the most Steven y way. And then, like, kisses the shark and, like, sends the shark on its way. <laughs> it is a wild it is a wild moment it is wild <laughs> um
1: it is no i like i'm i'm sitting here nobody can see my face but i'm like oh my god <laughs> this is wild but like i was just like ride the shark to beach city <laughs> ride him into battle god. like s- sincerely but like Sort sort of the final moments of it, like and seeing like watermelon Steven basically falling apart as he tries to communicate, manages to communicate using words. Good job, Steven. And then like sort of the end of this poor watermelon as Steven's consciousness zips back to Homeworld. But it's I think it's just another it's a final reminder of just how resourceful and smart and tenacious Steven is. Mm-hmm. That like he doesn't just use his gem powers. Like at one point he's building a boat. Like He's going to do everything he can to save his friends and to yeah and himself and his family and to save the corrupted gems on Earth. Like he will do anything. Yeah, and he's able to in this episode, and it's really impressive.
0: Yeah, there's also something about it that weirdly feels like the evolution of man. Right? Like, it, like starting with the, like, sentient watermelon tribe going into the trying to communicate via pictures or the pictograms to, like, mm-hmm. the sophistication of language. There is something about this episode that, like, moves as though it is, like, telling us the story of the evolution of man. Oh, I see that. Yeah. And I think that... I don't know why that is, actually. Like, I usually have, like, I think this is why this is happening. No, no idea. Um, But I love that we land on, I can just write it out in the sand, because come on, (laughs) Steven. I,
1: it is, it's a very good visual gag. Um, It reminds, actually, it's in the, is it Bubble Buddies? Where he tries to draw a harpoon for Onion, and then eventually, Connie's like, let me try. And she writes harpoon gag. (laughs) Uh yeah, is it? I, it must be Bubble Buddies because they're trying to pop the bubble. Yes, yeah. And then Onion goes and gets a harpoon gun because she writes it out. Um, no, I think like I, I, I don't know the why necessarily, but I feel like the bringing up like that it feels or looks like evo- the evolution of man. It, it's something that marks the passage of time. Yes, yeah. And it's it's not just time, but it's also effort. This isn't just like it took two hours. It makes you feel like. I I already said it. I'm not sure why I'm repeating myself. It's time and it's effort and it's work. Like it it helps make you feel that.
0: It helps to, I think, ground us in Earth again for this minute, Mm. right? So that like it's not as jarring that we go from Homeworld through a mind wipe straight to Beach City and then straight back to Homeworld. I think that it it does like help reintroduce the world in a way.
1: Mm -hmm. Also, big ups to Steven Universe's writers for that last line. Just Stephen waking up in prison, with Connie sleeping next to him, and him just going, "Guess we'll see what happens." And then black,
0: yeah, because
1: all that's all that's left is the finale at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's such a it's such a great it's such a great signal. It's like here we go. It it is it, it's a it's, uh it's it's like a bell. It's a tone. It feels very good to go from that sentiment right into the finale. Feels good, and I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, I the way that the episodes are crafted where they decide that, like, one needs to run more seamlessly into the next or where there's that, like, slam to black or, like, slam to the uh, end card is is so well-crafted. Like, Mm -hmm. it feels so conscious of, like, the pacing and the story that they're trying to tell, right? Like, it is... It is, I keep going back to theater, but it reminds me a lot, the way that this is re- structured, it reminds me of theater, because you're trying to, you're specifically taking your audience through something. It's not like you're just, like, showing them. A lot of TV is just like, this is a story I want to tell, and I'm showing it to you, and you're passively consuming it. But, like, the way that the beats are lined up in Steven Universe feels like it is pulling the audience through.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think you're right. All of which leads us to change your mind, which is... A, I adore, and B, opens with one of my favorite things ever, that strange weirdo dream that he, or memory, whatever it is, but it's like a mixture of a memory and a dream considering he's coughing up Rose's hair. Uh, I love stuff like that. It's so freaking
0: weird. It's like a horror movie. It is. There was also, he has a nightmare earlier that I was like, what a weird freaking nightmare. Um, Oh, I think that's in Familiar,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Where Yellow's neck comes around the door. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is that the one? You. That's the one where you see him playing with the the pearl, the pink pearl, with the Princess Leia hair. Yes. Who is White's? Looks like White's pearl at this point. Yeah. That's where you see her for the first time because they're like giggling and making fun, and then Yellow's neck sneaks around. They have to stop having
0: fun. Yes.
1: Um. And yeah, this plays on that as well. It's another weird dream where like he's flashing between being pink and being Rose and being Stephen. Um, but like we get that memory of Blue being like, "You shouldn't have been allowed to bring organics back." So like Pink had a penchant for wanting to play with the with the n- natives on the planets, and like kept doing things that the Diamonds told her not to do. And like at one point, Blue says, "If you keep acting like this way, you'll lose your pearl, or we'll take away your pearl, or something like that." Like just being chucked in prison, constantly, very clearly. Pig was just always on timeout, like she was a tiny child. Uh And then Steven wakes up and is like, did you just chuck her in prison constantly and expect her to be better?
0: Because that's not how that works.
1: Steven Universe wants prison reform.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't we all, Steven? Don't we all? I, I like this episode because we get to spend so much individual time with each of the diamonds or like I- in their heads a little bit uh, with yeah. Steven negotiating the, the pain that they have felt and like teasing it out um, and and working on that. The moment where Blue is like crouched in the corner of the cell and is like, am I do-? like, I'm doing it again. Like, it, yeah, it, 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 it's so palpable. That, like, I can't control myself. I, like, I don't mean to hurt you or push you away. Like, that frenzy um, is really palpable. And when we then get to, like, yellow, and he's just, like, kind of picking up diamonds along his way. Uh, when we get to yellow, the, like, uh, degree of resistance, and, and yellow is the sharp diamond, right? Like, it yep. blues all... Tears and, and round and yellow is very sharp and like resists uh, the empathy that is, again, Stephen's superpower. Um, mm-hmm. And and the fight that they have and the moment where Stephen is like, "Does this look perfect?" Is just yeah. like such a like great stark, almost mic drop, because there's like moment of silence around it that like really lets it sink in. There's so many moments of that like like that one that you that
1: you mentioned the the does this look perfect to you moment mm-hmm. and like um earlier inside of the prison when blue's like why don't you do a, like you have to do this like do as i tell you and steven just go, or like or are just apologize for refusing or whatever and steven just goes no and like that's another moment of silence like these these beings have never been challenged in this way before Like, not even the rebellion with Rose Quartz. I feel like they probably felt themselves removed from that as well. Like, not even the Gem Rebellion felt like this personal of a a resistance to them. Because Pink did things either playfully or in secret. And Steven is doing it, like, to their
0: faces, right? And I think that similar, like, in addition to them never having experienced that, Steven very clearly is determined to also stick it to White. And I think that that's something that they've never ever considered.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, I love that. Is it in this episode where where Yellow cries and it's not blue doing it? Is it this one or is it a different It's this one? one.
0: It's this one. I I love that moment
1: so much where she's like blue stop making me cry and she's like I'm not. I Oh, I love that moment so much. Yeah. What a great moment. And like getting to see the diamonds insecurities or their, you know, flaws as it were, like Uh, It's so great. And Steven runs around with like an armful of gems, like a dumbass. I'm like, make a big bubble. You can make bubbles, it'll make it easier to carry. God, Steven.
0: Yeah, but like uh, speaking about flaws, when we get into White Diamond's head, the, and this isn't until like the very end of the episode, but like when she gets embarrassed and everyone gets embarrassed and she has the pink across her face, it's so. it's such, it, it's like so immediately recognizable that moment. Yeah. And, and I don't know like how else, like what else could happen there, but I, I love that we use embarrassment as the like first like flaw because I think that a lot of times, that's a fear like that is why we yes. choose to why we try to create like control everything around us is because or we, why we choose to not act yeah why we choose to not act for fear of like embarrassing ourselves and so i love that no yeah and i definitely want to talk
1: more about the 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 flush moment because i think there's a lot of like there's just so much stuff in there so all right once he has yellow and blue on his side is like the the escape sequence and like White tries to come and get him and then like the arms show up and it's Bismuth and Peridot and Lapis and Peridot and Lapis in their cool new outfits and you're like, yeah, yes, you look so cool right now. And I like that Peridot's got her stars. So I'm like, Where would I put a star? In your sunglasses and on your knees. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so cool. Um the, the reinforcements show up and everybody's okay and I love that like sort of in the middle of this battle again we get a reminder of what Steven is best at and it's not just talking to the enemy but it's also talking to his friends so like watching him pull out the gems through fusion yeah and like and like give them Amethyst I need you and he's like dance with me Pearl we can do this and Garnet you have to come back and I love you like I love those moments it's so they could be cheesy and they could be just boxes being ticked. We haven't seen these fusions let's see that they're, but they're not because it is so earnest in the way that Steven does it and the way it's presented to us.
0: Yes. I also love the moment where he fuses with amethyst first and Smoky Quartz is confused. I don't yeah. I think that there's <laughs> there's something really uh like there, that is a very nice detail. The like what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, it just feels like a fine line detail of this story that I really quite enjoy
1: I also it makes sense to me that him and Amethyst are the first ones Well, well first of all because he and Amethyst have fused before to form Smokey but like Amethyst and Steven are closest in that sibling-esque relationship. And Amethyst is the one who a few episodes ago was like, I'm not gonna fall apart on you. I'm I'm together and I'm here. And Amethyst is the one that like doesn't have any real connections to home. Like I I just it makes sense that Amethyst is the first one to come back. Amethyst is always the first one to reform. Like, come on. Like it it really makes sense. Um but then also like on the flip side, Rainbow Quartz 2.0 happens, and then at the end they, they unfuse. And Pearl goes, "Steven, we've used. <laughs> Like that's her reaction, and she's so happy yeah. and proud, and like that's like a real moment of connection between Steven and Pearl that is so small, yeah. but like, I feel like it means so much to Pearl. Like I just, ugh, that gives actually that's giving me emotions right now because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker.
0: Yeah, I. Love all of their outfits, too. <laughs> side, yes. side sideways. Uh, all their new outfits are super cute. I love they that. They all look so good. And that Pearl's like, I like the jacket.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, I also appreciate Amethyst's new outfit. Through through each sort of uh, different form that she had, more and more of Amethyst is seen. So like her gem is usually obscured or one of her, her hair covers part of her face. And by this point, like there's that big old hole in the front of her shirt. You see all of Amethyst gem.
0: She's yeah. not hiding
1: anymore. Yeah. She's completely we're good now. Like I just I really appreciate that name this form. Um and then of course there's like the the fight with the giant mech, and they're distracting it, and they climb up it, and then we get to the fight inside of White's head. Yeah. Um, which is animated the the way the walls look in there. Mm-hmm. Where they're like. Like, if everything is in HD, the walls are in SD, kind of. Yeah. Great. Oh, oh it looks so the good. The, like, Very gray good.
0: scale of it all, it it mm-hmm. manages to not just look white. It literally looks like the color has been sucked out. Yeah. I was going to say
1: the same thing. Oh, you read my mind. It's so good. And then, like, simultaneously, as she takes over the different characters, Mm -hmm. like, she earlier took over Yellow and Blue, and then she takes over the Crystal Gems, and, like, this is another moment where Steven Universe traipses into horror, and, like, it gets horror-y very quickly in a lot of different ways, but, like, the way she speaks through them is scary, and the color desaturation does not help. It's like life is literally being ripped from everything from the room from the people from all of it
0: and it's important that life have color for white she's
1: fixing them she's like i'll make them perfect it's fine they're me they're flawless blah 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 whatever and it's like no you're you're literally stripping the joy and the life out of everything in the room can't you see it there's nothing here yeah like Mm -hmm. it's such a very it's a it's a clear like this isn't a metaphor this is a sign that says look at this
0: yeah, and there's, you mentioned how it gets like horrific, but like there, honestly, between uh, the nightmare with the like hair coming out, there's a lot of body horror happening. Um, and the moment where White just like pinches, like pincers Ugh. the diamond out of his belly button. Oh, it, That's pure horror. Pure, like, so.
1: Gross! <laughs> you f- you feel it happen. Yeah, like, you f- like it's- can you feel? It? And when it happens, I feel it. Yes, yes. The way Connie screams, it doesn't feel like Connie. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like out of another TV show entirely. I will say it is a. I don't think this is a reference to this, but I think it was. It was. It was done in a similar manner for the same reasons. So. Uh, there's an episode of Batman the Animated Series, which was a show from the 90s, um, in which we get the two-parter that tells the story of I think it's called Robin's Reckoning, Part One and Two. Um, it tells the story of of how Dick Grayson becomes Robin, and in the flashback, like very famously, there's uh, there's a um, that the bad guy cut the trapeze ropes, and Dick Grayson's family is on the trapeze and they're swinging, and then they they fall to their deaths. That's how his parents die. That's how he becomes an orphan. That's how Batman picks him up. Wolf. Um, they. Oh yeah, famously, it's awful. Like Bruce Wayne can't help but adopt children who are in need, uh, and then train them to be little vigilantes. Um, <laughs> but in, uh, uh, n- notoriously, I should say, in in the first part, they the censors and legal were like, absolutely not. Can you show his parents falling to their death? And so, what they did instead was, you saw the trapeze. You saw his his mom get on, or I get on. You saw his mom get on, and then you see the trapeze fly through the frame with them on it, and then it cuts to the the rope, and you see the rope on one side of the trapeze snap, and then the trapeze swings back into frame, broken. Like it, the plank is is like the bar is hanging from one, and so very clearly you understand that this snapped, and his parents fell and they died. And the animators uh, of Batman said that they were forever grateful for the censors, yeah. that they forced them to do that, because it makes it all the more terrible.
0: Because mm-hmm. you don't even there is to see it.
1: You don't get to see it. You don't get to experience that. It is pure dread. There is something extra scary about that. And I think in... Showing this moment, it is the same thing. You can't show her ripping this diamond out of this boy. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. But there is something all the more horrific about seeing it in a stark shadow that is like, it looks like a spider has gotten him. It's awful. Mm -hmm. There is something much more terrifying done when attempting to couch it Mm -hmm. that, like, really amps up the terror in that
0: moment. Yeah. I mean, you rely on the our brains often can come up with the worst version of something than anyone could literally put on paper. So like you rely on the audience to fill in a lot of the color, a lot of the fear, right? Like we don't hear Stephen scream. We like you, you allow it to come from another angle. Like there is a mm-hmm. lot where the audience is now participating in the co-creation of this moment. And because it is so horrific and we have, you know, Watch this character for so long it is made worse by the fact that it's not explicitly given to us so our brains yeah. are filling it in yeah oh that's so smart you're so smart
1: <laughs> and then we get the the gem steven versus human steven uh... interaction
0: wow what a wild moment gem steven is scary yeah well gem steven is just raw power yeah. Not tempered by the humanness that is usually, like, holding it in check.
1: The moment where he screams, she's gone. Like, she's gone. No, where is she? She's Like she's gone. Where is gone! And, like, that crater appears. It's like, oh, God, that whole sequence is strange and awful and scary. And I...
0: <laughs> Every time uh, I watch it and uh, Connie picks up Steven, I just think, like, Samwise, <laughs> like it's very like i can't carry it for you but i can carry (laughs) you yeah and it's just i don't know there's something also really great about the strength that connie shows in those moments because right like she's the only one as a human who is uh, uncontrolled by white and Mm -hmm. so like she still remains like a a uh, it's a she's a grounding element in this scene because like she yeah. is the character that remains and is able to like lift up Steven and carry him to reunite with his other part like thinking about the Connie that we first meet the like bubble buddies connie oh, in the connie. with the glasses like right like this is like this is where connie has grown to is wild
1: Oh, you're getting me. Connie. Oh, I love Connie. She's so strong. I would have been like, does anybody have a gun? Should like, I can shoot myself in this moment? I can't live any longer. I don't have the strength for this. You're far too big. And you just pretty much killed my best friend. I'm out. like,
0: <laughs> like I'm done. But like, she is able to just like pick him up like I that's why I ship Connie and Steven whatever it's a kids show I still ship it um but like they it gets canon once they're old enough for it to be cool to keep <laughs> but they really uh have this fusion like relationship like they work together so well because like when one is weak the other can be strong and like it is just great and I I love Connie that's it
1: she you're like you're absolutely right like grounding elements a good point she is instrumental She can't possibly... Steven can't possibly do this without her in more than one way. Because then, sort of, they reunite, and it's that... mentioned it earlier, that really pretty animation sequence and whatever. And there's that bit where, like, White kind of flips her lid and, like, is down on the ground and is like, how is this happening? And it's the the moment where she's like, you're acting like a petulant child or whatever. And Steven going, I am a child. What's your excuse? Like, I'm pretty sure we've already said that in this episode. But, like, and I... I got to say, Connie with the assist laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that it, Stephen, Stephen cocks an eyebrow and says, what's your excuse? And she goes, and like laughs. And it's the combination of these two small individuals who White cannot possibly understand and she cannot control. Yeah. She can't touch either one of these two kids who just stare up at her and are like, are you kidding? And like, that's, that's enough to make her go. I can't believe these two tiny things just owned me like that. Yeah. And like, you're right, causes the embarrassment, causes the flush. It breaks her spell over everything. Ugh. And then the, the like you were talking about the pink flush earlier, and just the fact that blue and yellow, their reaction is is of disgust initially. And they go, She's off color. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what a them them how about them turntables, huh? Like, <laughs> how's that feel, White Diamond? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then, of course, like, in all of the other ways, like, Stephen brings the villain into the fold, and we get to go back to Earth. And I love landing on Earth to uh, (laughs) Sadie Killer and the suspects, like, doing a cover of, uh, like, (laughs) let me drive my van into your heart. Like, I, there's just something perfect about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's just something perfect about that.
1: And it's like great to like land on the beach and like it's like the end of the show getting to see all the cast on stage together. Yeah. So that's why all the beach cities on the beach. Like it's just great. It's you just get to see everybody. And Lars land, Lars Lars gets to say hi to, to Sadie and Lars and Lion get to have a moment and Greg is there. And, and...
0: I also love the off colors and Lars getting off the um, spaceship to seeing the diamonds and being like, I thought we like the moment where they're like, what? <laughs> I think Rhoda Knight goes. We're cracked. (laughs) (laughs) Like she (laughs) just—it's
1: so good. And then it ends with a pool party. Yeah, I genuinely tear up a bit watching all the bubble gems come back. Mm -hmm. It's hella emotional.
0: Yeah, I also so the one point that I will make um, is, and I feel like an asshole honestly, even saying this, but. Uh, the song, Change Your Mind, feels kind of out of place for me. Oh, we're just going to jump right there. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) You don't want to save that for the... I'll just, I'll just mention it. Well, we can go back to it. (laughs) We can come back to it. But, like, as a, as part of that, like, as part of the story, it feels a little tacked on. Oh, I completely disagree with you. Excited to hear what you think when we get to that. But we are finally at the end of uh, talking about the
1: episodes. Let's talk very quickly about the characters. Um, We do meet a couple at the end here, which is hilarious. I think we can pretty much not gloss over, but we can gloss over most of them um, because we don't get to spend a ton of time with them. But we meet all the fusions of Steven and the Crystal Gems who we haven't met before. So Sunstone, which is Steven and Garnet, Rainbow, Quartz 2.0, which is Steven and Pearl, and Obsidian, which is all four crystal gems together.
0: Yeah. I just have to say, I don't, like, I love the bit that, like, Sunstone is this uh, 90s era TV host, or kids' TV host, but I don't, like... PSA. Like, where does that come from? (laughs) They're just all different styles.
1: Like, that's a that's a pure 90s style, and I love it.
0: They remind me of Sunny D. I don't know why, but if they were oh a drink. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I was going straight for, like, Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, kids? Like, that kind of a thing. Also, where does Rainbow Quartz 2.0 get a British accent from?
0: Who knows? Uh, and we don't really get to... Obsidian just seems to be, like, raw power-ish. Just a giant... Just a big ol'... I can, like, combines all the weapons together and then is
1: like, I have lava in my mouth. It makes a big sword. It's so cool. Obsidian is cool. They're all very cool. We also, like, we see the Pebbles in Pink's room who all seem to have little personalities and they're very cute and I like them a lot. They are very cute.
0: I think you said, like, the in Cinderella. Very, very reminiscent.
1: Uh, uh, we meet the, we meet, I guess, who ostensibly is White Pearl, but um, at the end we find out that she was Pink's Pearl, it seems obvious, and we will we will meet her again in Steven Universe's future, so I don't think it's worth it to spend too much time, but, like, all the time that we spend with White Pearl, she is a prisoner of White Diamond's, like, mind, so we don't get to see a ton of her. It's just a little sad.
0: Yeah. And, of course, White Diamond. Mm-hmm who I feel like we went into a lot through the episodes specifically Um, but eh, honestly like really rounds out the diamonds in a way yeah like it sort of explains a lot (laughs) you know it's like when you meet yeah you meet the rest of someone's family and you're like ah (laughs) ah I see I
1: absolutely feel that
0: I, I love I love white diamond in general
1: like not as a I don't know how to explain that I love it I love her design I love the fact that she's more expressive, I love the fact that she's like got these weird strappy platform heels. <laughs> like, I love her cape made of stars. Like, I just everything about White Diamond is so fascinating to me. I love her aesthetic, and I think it is just cherry on top that White Diamond is voiced by Christine Ebersole, another Broadway legend mm-hmm. who starred with Patty Lippon on Broadway. <laughs> like, there's something who was Richie Rich's mom in Richie Rich. If you were a yeah. '90s kid, you know. Like, <laughs> I just. I Christine Ebersole is another legendary individual, and I love her voice being the voice of White Diamond. It suits so well. Every time she calls Pink or Steven Starlight, I'm like, wow, you are another
0: sort of creature. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Did anyone have a big moment? (laughs) All of them. (laughs)
1: Luckily, we spent enough time in the episode Like, I'd be like, Amethyst, but we highlighted that. And I'd be like, Connie. Steven, we did a lot of Steven work. Connie.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely. Ruby and Sapphire, we did a lot of that. <laughs> I'm really excited to get into the music. Oh. There was a lot of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of it, but like, it's all so good. There's a number of, a number of these songs are like, up there with some of my favorites. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So the first one in our list is, or in order of appearing, the first one is That Distant Shore, which is Lapis's song from Can't Go Back. And
0: it's gorgeous, and I love that song. Yeah. Just like melancholy, sort of. By melancholy, I just mean, I think, honestly, everything that Lapis sings feels a little melancholy because it's like that airiness in the voice. Yeah. But also because she's kind of longing to be back on Earth. There is like this like sadness to it. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into the like uh dissonant chords yeah, yeah, in yeah. the middle that like also bring up this like feeling that it's unsettling. Yeah.
1: No, it totally is. And then like I don't I don't know if two seconds ago you said, and I don't know if it's in the podcast, uh, it's very Broadway. The song is very Broadway. When it goes from that dissonant tone into her like having a big belt, like she gets as yeah. high as she can go and she goes. Like, she kind of belts, I know. Oh, it's so good. Like, this is such a opening character thing, and it's still sad because, like, it's just Lapis wanting so desperately to go back.
0: Yeah, Broadway or, like, Disney, it's a I Want song. It's, it is an I Want song. Oh, it's very good. This is a beautiful song, and I love it. Uh, Next up is Ruby Ryder from The Question. What a delightful little send-up to, like, classic yeah, country. It's so cute. It is so cute and also we talked about this when we were talking about the episode but like ending it ending the song that is like ostensibly about like ruby uh coming into their coming into her own like uh, just like being alone in the on the wild countryside or whatever um just like ruby right and alone like to end it into the 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 like I but I miss sapphire is like really well done. Yeah. Um and I I just like this is such a fun song. I really like it. It's got um the tune is very like hummable. Yeah. Um there's it's a really great. I feel like the episode is a little bit built around the song. Oh, 100%. <laughs> You're not at all wrong. Also,
1: it ends with that like as like the the music comes out just the Yeehaw It's it's Very cute I love Cowboy Ruby (laughs) She's so cute Dang it Yeah no This is just a pure Little country ditty And it's very adorable
0: Yeah Next up We've got uh, For Just One Day Let's Only Think About Love From Reunited so, here's
1: the song, where when we talk about the work that Mr. Greg did, and the work that like a song like The Distant, like how That Distant Shore sounds like a Broadway song or a Disney song, and like how Mr. Greg felt like we were we were testing some waters maybe for a yes. full-length musical, for just one day, Let's Only Think About Love is the longest song in Steven <laughs> Universe proper By a long shot? This is the Broadway. This is the Broadway number. This
0: song is so big. Yes. Yes. On my uh, rewatch or like in watching for this episode, I remembered Reunited as being a full musical episode. Like I thought of it as because it just it feels like it's just that song.
1: (laughs) It starts with an orchestra string. Yeah. As they warm up and Steven like in that tux in a spotlight in the black background you're like, "Oh, oh my god." <laughs> like, what a huge number. Also, the work that this does in in the song of Steven trying desperately to get his friends and family to like, "Hey, pay attention. We are focused on a wedding today." And then simultaneously, it makes you as an audience pay attention and want to focus on the wedding. Let's forget about everything else and only think about love and the diamonds are about to show up in six minutes. But like, I love, I really enjoy Stephen like having to traipse through all the awful, awful things that have happened recently and just be like, nope, I'm Stephen. Today we're thinking about love.
0: Yeah. Because like, it gets a little, like it gets dark in there, you know? A couple like- of times. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I that it, it's it is very Steven Universe like it, to like pivot to let's like look on the bright side of things. Yeah, I mean like it's that's how the song opens. It's got the da
1: na, na 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 and he's telling the story of Rose, and then eventually yeah. he says something, then he goes, "That is a little bit upsetting." <laughs> like you're like, yeah, a little, and then like Pearl has to deal with it, and Amethyst has to deal, with it, and Paradon has to deal with her feelings, and I just love that like. I don't know. I, we just keep saying the same things. This is such a great song. No, sorry. My actual favorite part is his response to Paradot.
0: I love I think the like, uh, I guess like last verse sort of, um, where he's just listing the things that they could think about. Like we could think about war, we could think about fighting, we could think of long lost friends we wish we were inviting, we could think about the broken gems like it, it like that was the part for me where i was just like wow this is depressing and the cluster
1: at the planet's core or we could like what is the what is the next line what's the next line
0: uh or we could think about the bubble we made so that they can't be hurt no that they can't be hurt anymore like what a great moment <laughs> i love it so much let's key change
1: <laughs>
0: so broadway Ugh. Ugh.
1: I love it so much. Steven Universe is such a great musical. (laughs) Yes, it
0: is. It is. It is a musical. All right. Then from there, our next song is Familiar from the episode Familiar. Another song that
1: feels very Broadway, but in a different way.
0: Yeah, I agree that this this also feels very Broadway. It a little bit has like a reprise vibe to it, even though it's not. Yeah, I see what you're saying. (sighs) First of all, it's a great song. Like... Musically speaking, it is really well done. It's a beautiful song. I love the scenes that we go through. Um, There's something about Stephen merging both the memories he's experiencing as Pink Diamond and his own like past life that we as an audience got to see in him like growing up with the crystal gems and like being a part of this family that is really well played out through the song like both lyrically and Mm -hmm. visually as we move through it the song does a really good job of like giving you hints or breadcrumbs so that you can guess it like guess at where it's going yeah and there's something really satisfying about that about like being like oh yeah that's why this is familiar like I like you know I do know I I
1: agree with you I like the The sort of like you're right. It's like it's the song feels like it's telling a story, even if it didn't have words. Um, But the words obviously tell a really good story. And I think part of the the thing that you said makes it like it feels like a reprise, even though it's not. I think it, it it's within the song itself. The the slow sort of refrain of familiar why is it so familiar and then it does that pick up and it gets brighter at the end and it gets a little mm-hmm. bit faster mm-hmm. and he's like that's why it's so familiar that second half that little end part of the song that's the bit that feels like a reprise of the thing yeah. that he's still singing it's yeah yeah the construction of this song is really interesting and it sounds very good
0: i also think that like uh opening it With Or, like, opening it and framing it around the, like, why is this so familiar? Like, the question that Steven is sort of musing to himself and aloud to the audience Mm -hmm. um, helps create that, like... I don't know. I feel part of this song. Yeah. Creates that link.
1: Yeah. I totally feel that. Let's see. The next song is Escapism from Escapism, um, which is... Very, very, very small. It's mainly music and then like one verse sung by and it's sung over uh the moment in which we see uh Bismuth and Greg as Watermelon Steven comes floating in. Um and it's Stevani singing it's actually it's Stevani and then um so AJ Machalka is singing and then the there's background like harmony happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's um so A.J. Machalka's singing and then the voices of Connie and Steven are singing back up, which is really pretty.
0: Yeah. I also really noticed it on, I have watched this episode like four times in the last, I don't know, three weeks. <laughs> uh, cause I, cause I just like keep falling into rewatching all of these episodes. Anytime I go back to watch one and this, my last time I really, really noticed it. And I was watching it with the, um, Subtitles on, which is honestly a really great way to pick up the songs because the songs in Steven Universe are so good. Like they are written to be heard and to be taken in, not just musically, but also as pushing the story forward. And like their lyrics are important. Um, But this, because this one is so like quiet and it it is barely there, I don't really notice it all of the time. Um, And so it was the like the last line where it's like, I'd rather be free.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Was just like really as kind of like as we're like fading away back to like get right like as things are moving back to home world and like back to honestly the prison that they're in um there's just like it was very well crafted I guess beautiful I I, none of the words that I have seem to sum up what I'm trying to articulate yeah um but I, I just like that moment really like stuck with me this time I
1: don't know what words you're looking for either, but I totally know what you're trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's such a small song, but it feels it its feeling is deep. Yeah. Not necessarily big, but it feels deep. Yes. Um, and then we head into the last episode and the first song, or not the first song, the next song is <laughs> Officially titled, Let Me Ska My Van Into Your Heart <laughs> uh, from Change Your Mind. It's essentially just C, well, Killer, knows. and the suspects covering oh, Let, right Let Me Drive My Van Into Your Heart. Face. But it's Let a Ska version. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay. Less than know. Jake yeah. It Up, I guess. <laughs> it's fun. Like, there's there, it's it's a cover. And it's adorable because it's Ska. Like, that's all I got.
0: Yeah, I love the, the beach concert. Everything that we talked about when we were talking about the episode. Um... Yeah, it's just fun. Also, all of the, like, here's the thing. Greg's songs are very catchy. Yes. That just is what it is. Uh, next, we have We Are the Crystal Gems, the new version. It's basically the same as
1: the uh, the version that we know um, from the theme song, as well as the extended version from the short the uh, because it includes the we'll win the fight and they go out for pizzas like this adapts that because um, it goes a little bit longer than the the, the opening theme song does. Um, I just love the the slight change that Steven makes. The if you're staring with your giant eyes, you can see that there's more of us than four of us. Yeah, and. The it's happening over this giant pool party and all of these long lost gems are back and everybody's playing and happy
0: and hugging and crying and like and each one of our new friends completes us it's so good it's just this is this
1: is what steven was meant to do is sing fun ditties about his huge friend and family group as everybody has pizza like it's just good it's just good it's great and it's it's the opening theme song. It's what we know Steven Universe to be, but with a really fun twist.
0: I also love, now that I'm looking at the lyrics, I also love the uh, next bit. Uh, well, the last bit, The because uh, we believe in peace and love. We're here for fun. If you're not, then let's not fight, because we've already won. Because we've already like, won. It's very, <laughs> it's like, if you're not down with us, don't worry. <laughs> like, we're not going to fight about it. <laughs> Pure Steven. Pure, 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 pure. Okay. Then we have Change Your Mind, which I love as a song. Like, it's mm-hmm. a very beautiful song. And it's really short. And, like, I love the... I, I mean, the sentiment of it is, like, perfect. Like, mm-hmm. it is very, like, standing like standing in your own truth. Like, I don't need you to respect me. I respect me is, like, a great freaking line. Yeah. Um... And I, I love the song. I just, it feels a little tacked on. I can see that. And I totally,
1: I totally, I feel what you're putting down. And I respect your decision to say that.
0: <laughs> well, it's just every time I watch it, I'm like, did I black out? How did we get here? Like, why are we now singing the song?
1: The reason that I, I appreciate that moment is because I love that that final scene happens. Because it's essentially... The what we've been seeing in the the opening credits of Steven Universe, yeah. you mm-hmm. see them sitting together, the Steven and the Crystal Gem sitting together, and you see like Greg and Connie hanging out, and now but now it's with Lapis and Bismuth and Pumpkin and Cat Steven and Lion. Like you see everybody chilling on the beach and just being together. And I think what gets me and makes me okay because I I, I think in almost any other scenario I would say yeah it does feel a little bit tacked on. And actually, I can, I'm can. i cool with saying, I think maybe it is a little tacked on, but I think it works because I think it makes sense. It gives a driving moment for the gems to walk over to Steven so that we're not just creating the picture from the opening credits. Mm. There's a reason that they are doing that. And I think Steven is established as a small boy who uses music to sort out his stuff. And I think that especially rolling into what happens with the movie in future that steven is only just beginning to process everything that he's been through and i just appreciate this this isn't done yet it's not a complete song it's just something i'm like noodling on and like just a final moment with all of them as he's like sorting out his feelings and, like, getting to see the gems also sorting out their own feelings with him and understanding what he's saying, and also feeling it inside of them, I just really appreciate that. Like, I I will 100% give you tacked on, but I will counter with, but it works, I think is what I'm n- yeah. getting to.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I I like that. I like that explanation of it. Not to go all therapy on you, but, like, I like this song a lot because, like, uh, this this idea has like very strong resonance for me, and so I yeah. think I just I want it more contextualized. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. Um And says and like it's like very
1: clearly, both of us are like, no, this is a dope ass song. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like
0: no, no, no. Four this seconds is, long. This is freaking great. I could. I will. <laughs> I wish. I wish that I had Steven Universe when I was a kid. Like I can not like a kid, but like a teenager. Yeah. Like I. This is the type of song that like. 15 year old Takia would just like sob in her room too like this is you know um and like uh yeah here comes a here
1: comes a thought that was the one that
0: yeah <laughs> that, like, yeah
1: I mean probably hold on what year is it probably 33 year old Leah still needed that but like <laughs> yeah as a kid <laughs> I literally just had to do my birthday math um yeah no is a great song and like I think it's chill that we can both feel a way about it. Um, and then while it's not in the episode, it is on the album. So technically, um, this also includes the Love Like You reprise over the end credits. The last few sections, you can hear Rebecca Sugar once again singing Love Like You, but it is a brighter, bolder, louder, slower version of Love Like You. Um, nothing has changed to the lyrics. It's just the way that it is presented. It feels as though it is a finale version of the song that we have heard for years at this point over Steven Universe. Um, and is on the uh uh original soundtrack volume two,
0: if you mm-hmm. want to hear it. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that.
1: You said that you wish you had Steven Universe at fifteen because of song and da 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 and then I started crying. <laughs> I know <laughs>
0: I didn't. I, like, I did. I did not call you out on it. I was just like, I'm gonna <laughs> keep talking through Leah's moment that she's having.
1: I didn't. I didn't know I was crying until I picked up my hand to fucking wipe like, <laughs> tears off my face. <laughs> and sweat. Like it's also really hot in my room right now. Um, yeah.
0: It's just. Uh, it's a great show. It was
1: a really good show. All right. So. That brings us completely out of order from what we normally do, but it does bring us to who was the most extra this week. And for the first time ever, I don't have an answer to this because I don't, I don't, I don't care. That's the wrong answer.
0: Is it me? Is it me for the like 30 times I watched these episodes? It might Is, be it Le- you. Is it Leah for crying right now? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's us. Maybe it's us. It, it's, you know what? It's probably, is it us for
1: for being on a phone call for four and a half hours, but recording for three? <laughs> no, four and a half is wrong. Three and a half hours, but recording for about three hours.
0: Can I tell you that I looked over at my time and for a minute, I thought it said three hours and 45 minutes and I almost blacked out because like I, <laughs> I, I, I had looked at the like end, uh, end seconds, like the fractions of seconds. Um, <laughs> And I was just like absolutely not. Uh yeah, no, I think it's us. I think we're we're the most extra. I think I think I think you're right. You're right. You're right. We win. Where's my medal? I would like an award. I would like it engraved.
1: Yeah. I'm going to hang it up with all my other crap on my walls. I'm really excited for this award. Um, And I'm not. And actually, I'm dang proud because we (laughs) went real hard on this because Steven Universe deserves time and effort. And this took time and effort and hopefully was at least mildly entertaining
0: (laughs) to listen to. Yes. Yes. I know that it sounds crazy, but... We do have more we would love to talk about when it comes to these episodes, uh-huh. and honestly, all of Stephen Universe. Um, so, as always, you can find us online. Uh, we are extraneous pod on Twitter and extraneous dot pod dot pod on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come find us on social.
1: Chit chat with us there. Um, you can. Uh, also if you love us throw us a review maybe do that let's I'm going to ask you specifically for reviews head on to the feed and be like, into here are a hilarious be very very smart and see yes. my new best friends um, if that's what your review said I will I will literally send you a present <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I love this let's let's continue to dictate reviews um, they are the best podcast hosts that I have ever heard talk about Steven Universe maybe they're the only but they're still hilarious they there's another review for you uh
1: review number three dear hollywood listen to this (laughs) then it's like yeah dirty john got a tv show why not us Um, (laughs) so that's my uh delirious way of saying thank you so much for listening uh we really greatly appreciate you reach out on social um if you like it share it with a friend and then very very lastly um We have a Patreon. If you head to patreon.com slash making mischief, that is uh, the the Patreon for the entire network, of which we are a part of. Um, And there's all sorts of different tiers. You can get um, access to a Discord. You can get bonus content. um, You can get physical merch like sticker packs and stuff like that. It's really, really cool. Um, So if you want to check out the different tiers that we have available and join the community, that is the most direct way that you can – Uh, well A, do those things that I just told you to do but please support (laughs) our show and we would greatly appreciate it if you would do that
0: so again, patreon.com slash making mischief. And next week we are doing the Steven Universe movie, so watch it, enjoy it, watch it three times like Leah so excited, so excited Alright, we'll see you next week guys Alright, bye, stay extra Bye. Bye One, two, three, four, five, six. Nice. Look at us know our one, two, threes.
1: Now I know my one, <laughs> two, threes. <laughs> I think I, I think it's supposed to be both a little bit, right? Can you hear the garden noises?
0: Um a little bit when you ask?
1: fucking frustrating they're never done landscaping <laughs> every day why are you fucking weed whacking every day anyways sorry if anybody can hear landscaping noises it's, there's nothing i can do about it new york city at, at 5 30 on a new monday it just got louder just did you just come under my shitting. window <laughs> i think it's i hate god you're right i hate the word interesting hi welcome to extraneous interesting <laughs> um god i god i if I had a nickel for any time I did something I saw in a comic book, and by nickel I mean broken bone jumping off of buildings, I'm just gonna keep <laughs> making jokes till you look back at the screen. Is what that was.
0: Did you jump off of buildings as a child?
1: No, that a real thing. No, I was picking it up. Like lit- like it's it's a bit of a slog, and I think that it feels like evolution helps you feel just how much. <clears throat> I just choked on the air. <laughs> You're falling apart. I tried to say stay extra and then I shoved it back in my mouth because you always say stay extra. Like, I'm going to have to clip this off of this audio because I was like, see you next week.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Remember, you can save $5 off anything in the Mischief Media Collection at MischiefMerch.com by using the code .pod at checkout.